This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. Being a team photographer is a challenge. Being an NFL team photographer is one hell of a challenge. In 2018, Kyle Zelliker jumped from working as an assistant photographer at the University of Tennessee to becoming an NFL team photographer. Not bad for a kid three years removed from college. Did I forget to say that Kyle works for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team with the 45-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback? After a game last year when Tom threw his 600th touchdown pass and he was, this was a moment for him that I was like, dude, here you go. Like, I just happened to be shooting pressers and I was leaving and he was playing catch with his daughter in the locker room with the 600th touchdown ball. And I just made a couple frames and there was one shot where he was holding the bag where that they put it in and it said 600 on it. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from Oscar and Emmy winners, world-renowned chefs, and professional photographer John Beaver. I mean, the first time I went and did an Alabama game for Sports Illustrated uh, in Tuscaloosa, it was like a revelation. It's like people down here take this stuff serious, and they... It's like, you know, they've been camped out here in the parking lot for five days, and it was a real excitement, which I guess there wasn't in pro football was, you know, a little more, they thought of themselves a little little more professional, and not that kind of excitement. So that, that was unique. The rest of my conversation with John can be found on our archives at justagoodconversation.com. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor before diving into my conversation with Kyle Zelker. We got a three-hour difference, but it doesn't matter. This podcast might go three. How are you, Kyle? I'm good, man. How's it going? I'm great. I am. I'm great. I am so excited to be actually get this. We talked, you know, back and forth a little bit, but I kind of wanted to wait because I wanted you to get like a good soup, all nice and ready to go, <laughs> and boiled and juicy. And I want this like great, like seasoned veteran NFL photographer, and I think I've got one. Happy to be here, man. I'm, I'm glad we could. Uh, I'm glad we could, you know, work something out. Like you said, we've been chatting about it for uh, for a bit here, and I've been been listening to some shows. You know, having Austin and Craig and a few other people that I know on. So yeah, Austin's got a big jump. Join the crew. Yeah, Austin's uh, bailing Mississippi and going to Auburn. That's it, man. He's going for the good for him. Auburn Eagle. Tigers or I'm an LSU guy, so like <laughs> no, any chance don't. I get to any war, chance I get to throw it. Right, war, war, war Falcon or whatever that one is. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get into that whole thing about Tennessee because there is something in the water there. But what I need to know is where did you find photography? So I mean, we can go. We can go way back. Yeah, I, I mean, a, I'm trying to think. Okay, was so it a was family a thing? We'll just go, yeah, we'll just go way back. I was kind of like the, I don't know, I was always the uh, the lighthearted, you know, entertainer of the family. Uh, I like to joke around and, and have a good time. And so, like, we're on vacation, and my dad had the little point-and-shoot cannon, right? Like, he mm-hmm. with the, shoots through the screen on the back, and you could make the black and white filters and the sepia and all that, all that different kind of stuff. And I, like, took one photo that, you know, it was just, like, it was just a building, but the sun was hitting it kind of cool. And so it looked really cool in the sepia. And I'm like, dad, check this out. He goes, you can do that in the computer later. We want everything to be in like color. Like, so you don't, you know, we don't have a whole roll of or a whole thing of family photos from a day. That's they're just all in sepia and we can't do anything <laughs> about it. So I was like, 
Oh, you you don't want that? Okay. So like now how old are you at this point? I don't know. I must have been ten or something. I okay, was pretty so you're young. Still a little it was squirt. really yeah. just a messing around. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And and then I saw, but it was like the first thing where I saw like, you know, something be applied to a picture where it made it look different. And I was like, ooh, that was kind of cool. So it was the first time photography was like, oh, that's different than like what my eyes are seeing, or like that's something that was created, you know not true to life kind of deal. So it was a different way of seeing. Um, and then, yeah. So the end of uh, whichever, I don't know where we were. It might've been California, but either way, there was a whole day where he just, we were in the sun and he just couldn't see. And so I left it on the sepia thing. So we got back to the hotel and he's just like, all of these pictures, <laughs> we had a whole day, you know, so that was, that was the prankster start to my <laughs> photo uh, journey, I guess. Oh, that whole um, family trip looks like Ed Weston shot it. Like it's just all it. sepia. That's it. We were just missing, you know, the hats and the rifles and yeah, that's it. That's, that's all we needed. Um, but gosh, flash forward to now, was he the family photographer, your dad? Yeah, he always had like a, you know, growing up, you were, I was used to the tiny little point and shoots mm-hmm. and stuff. And so he was always, he always had like an SLR. And so I was always kind of like, Ooh, okay. That's, that's, that's bigger. That's, you know, as most people, as we get as shooters, they're like, wow, that's a big camera. Like that's, right. <laughs> I kind of had that, that reaction <laughs> as a kid. Um, and then you fast forward to, gosh, I must've been freshman in high school or, or sophomore. I was, uh, I was shadowing my uncle who is a wedding photographer and, and still is in Colorado, Greg Rowe. Um, he was basically like, Hey, I need somebody to help me out with this wedding. You know, I need you to come help carry gear, set up lights and maybe do some shooting, some, some secondary shooting and stuff. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And so, you know, I was definitely just a, a camera jockey. I was just strapped with bags <laughs> and gear and, and drowning and Canon logos and all that good stuff. And so I'm like, you know, uh, I probably still have a picture that he took of me being like where he, he posted it and said like my, my new camera jockey kind of thing. And I'm just like, you know, you're holding everything. Camera. Yeah. I'm just holding everything like, yep, you're good, man. I, I got it. And so the end of that wedding, you know, he got a tip and he was like, Hey, thanks for all your help. This is, this was for you. And I'm like, time out. You get paid for this. Hold on, man. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, Whoa. Cause he was working in finance and stuff too. And so I was like, I thought, okay, all right, this is a whole new. What do you think he was there just for the free meal? Dude, I don't know. I was, I was like, wait a minute, what? Because I was, you know, putting things together. Right. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's just like an extra little side thing, and you know, maybe not you know, the 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 full income. Um, that your body like, was dehydrated from carrying all that gear all day, so you probably weren't thinking straight. That's true. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very accurate. Um, so yeah, no, that kind of started out. Okay, I started doing the senior photos and then stuff for friends and kind of getting into the sports world, a touch where I shot, um, our state championship basketball game in 2012. Um, that was like kind of my first actual game where it mattered. I guess you could say, if you could say like where there, yeah. was, there was some hype, there was some, you know, there was stuff. I, our school hadn't been there in a while for like a long time in basketball to the actual championship game. And so there was like a lot of, I guess, pressure and I'd never done anything before. So I was just kind of going it blind, which was sort of a blessing because I didn't know, <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm here. Take a picture. It's cool. Um, but you know, that that's probably like, adventure. yeah, that's probably the most important thing because those high school kids, that's it for them. Yeah. Like it doesn't, there's probably what 
80% of that team probably didn't go on to play anywhere else. So that was the ultimate yeah. pinnacle for them. Yeah. So that's, and you're a historic historical record of that game. Right. Yeah. And it was a, it was a crazy game too. Like, I don't, if you, if you can ever look it up, it's uh Arapaho versus Chaparral high school. And it was like the win to overtime. We tied it super late, quick synopsis, whatever, but there's like two seconds left in overtime or something. They run all the way down the court guy pulls up a three and misses, but the ball's just like, it's up in the air over the, and one of their forwards, I mean, flew like ducked his hunt head under the basket just smacked the ball in the air and it went up and went in and they won the whole thing. And it was just the craziest game. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was wild, but, but like photographing that, I, I don't know. I had a 7,200 and I didn't know what I was really looking for or doing. And so I was just kind of looking around all frantic, like, you know, the post game, right. thing, you know, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> like, cause I still, at that point I still hadn't, you know, learned to separate like being a fan and like cheering and being, you know, being like, oh, we just lost that game versus like, oh, I have photos that I have to make here. Like that for sure hadn't ever clicked yet. Like that clicked in college, but yeah. Um, I mean, I was, Christ, you, know, you probably had science homework later that night. You had to get work, I, get through. I probably did. Did I do it? Probably not. I, what was that you cut out? I didn't, what, huh? What? <laughs> now, I mean, at this point, have you even had a photo class? I had, yeah, there was a, I took a digital photography class in high school, but it was super, super basic. It was more like, here's, I don't, it kind of seemed like it was more on the, like a digital art side rather than like, Typical. here's how we're using cameras. It was more like, okay, take a picture of this and then you can do stuff with it in Photoshop or right. Illustrator, you know, whatever Adobe program you choose to dive so, into um are you getting an, under, an understanding of shutter speed aperture what depth of field means like, yeah have- i had i had there was a there's a guy who actually shot he was shooting he was a parent i believe and he was shooting for chaparral that game and his name was kevin kaiser and i had just been seeing his work pop up you know every now and then and this was kind of this was definitely before instagram was huge i think right. i only had facebook like i didn't know what Twitter, Instagram, or I was, meh. is this the first time I'm sounding old? I think this is the first time, like, this is happening live. Okay, great. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. This is happening live here. I the love internet that. was wow. new. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Back when Windows, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so. It happens. You know, it sneaks up on you. You don't realize it. Next week, you know, you guys are eating dinner at four o'clock. It's okay. Wait, you're not supposed to do that? Okay. <laughs> no, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that, it was, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I lost my train of thought there because I just got sidetracked <laughs> See, on my, my own old age. Dementia is starting again. right here in the podcast. Your dementia it's, is kicking in. It's compounding. Yeah, so you're just, you're learning the shutter speed, the aperture, the camera. That's the thing. You need to understand yeah. the camera. That's where I, and it's kind of a parallel from that I can draw because like I got more of my photography, actual like education from my uncle and kind of just picking on like tagging on like weddings with him Mm -hmm. and following him around. And then, you know, he started incorporating strobes into some portraits and stuff. And I was like, what in the world is lights and all this other stuff. So I was learning a lot more of the technical side of things from him and, you know, how to you know, how he was thinking about like balancing the strobes with the daylight and doing, you know, all that stuff. Um, 
why he was doing that, you know, avoiding the shadows under eyes and just the certain little things to make sure that he got his look that the client was paying for and all that, all that kind of stuff is what I was more learning. And then in, I guess in school, it was kind of more providing me opportunities where there were a basketball game, a lacrosse game, a, a baseball game. I had a couple of buddies on a few teams. And so I would take their, you know, team posters and, you know, you yes. put, a, put a really nice and crunchy HDR filter and some big old texts with a drop shadow. And, you know, here's your schedule and you'd see it in the Starbucks across the street. And you're like, yeah, that's the, you know, yeah. here's the varsity squad. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was kind of fun getting to do like, cause you had, there were no, like right now I work with, I work within a brand. So it's like, you know, you have yes. the confines where you have to work. But then I was just like, with my friend on the tennis team, I'm like, just pour like all of the tennis balls that you have on the tennis court. And then you guys will stand and take the net down. Like you guys just kind of are like stepping on it. And I was like, you can do whatever, like, sure. You know, look all intense as, a, as, as all that stuff. So it was kind of a good. As tense as a yeah. high school tennis player can look. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything with the HDR filter, man, come on. <laughs> Flex all so 115 like... pounds of the muscle on your body. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so it was it was a good chance to like Those kind are the of great days though. Yeah, to just kind of learn and just kind of tinker, right? Like you're yeah. just like I don't know, will this work? Maybe there you had were no a boundaries. Of times, so yeah, there was no. You just kind of trial and error, and you know, figure out what what worked, what didn't, and then you you know take that and go into your whenever you have something else to shoot. And what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was, you know, it was, I wasn't getting, there wasn't a grade attached. It wasn't a job. There wasn't, so I was just, yeah, you're not going to get fired. Fun. It's the boys tennis yeah. team, right? Yep. Nike's not going to be disappointed in the campaign. Do whatever the hell you oh, want. They're going to be disappointed. <laughs> they didn't use the photo. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, I don't know. HDR was in man. <laughs> it was everything was, uh, what was his name? Yeah. Uh, I think it was Dave Hill or something like that. Just started like, doing all this HDR stuff and it just became a fad and everybody just yeah. had to just start going all over the place with it. That's it. So it worked. So what's your high school career path? What are you thinking? Are you still flirting with photography? Is that even an option? Like what's your, Not really? I, I kind of was in the, the journalism. Um, I, I wanted to do photojournalism and kind of the more, the more storytelling, the more I was more interested in, not necessarily sports, like sports never really got, never really crossed my mind until I got to LSU. I was more, when I got to LSU, I was in the photo or the journalism, the uh, broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're thinking school. when you're in Colorado though, you're thinking I'm going to go to LSU for journalism. No. So that's what, that's the thing. I was, LSU was actually last on my list. Okay. So where I was looking in terms of schools was university of Oregon which the dollars just didn't work out. Um, and then CU Boulder, uh, that was the other school that I was looking at basically. Cause I, I've always been more of like, I mean, <laughs> my dad probably won't love to hear this, but like kind of, you know, you, you weigh the lifestyle or you weigh the career kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so I was more like, I want to enjoy the college lifestyle, whether it's big sports or just a bigger school. And then I'll also, you know, you know, make, make my mark academically and accomplish all those goals. Um, but kind of have more of a healthy balance rather than like, I'm just going to go grind right. and get my degree and do all that stuff. Cause at this point I'm, 
I feel like I I picked the right path. <laughs> I feel like I, I chose the right school for sure. Because if without you know LSU and that, I, that never would have started the whole sports um, passion and, and mixing that with photography. Because I hadn't even that hadn't even really crossed my mind as a career. So. so what what it what in high school was pushing you in journalism? What was that love or or that just kind of that flirting of it? I don't even know. It was I think that was more so like this was just my avenue. Cause everywhere that I looked for photography, it was like the fine art. It was a different, it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. And I, I, I remember being like, I don't know, maybe photojournalism is a thing. Like I see people, you know, doing all these different kinds of stories. It's fresh. It's, you know, you're not always, you got sports one day, you got a something downtown, you got a government thing the next day, you know, there's, right. it's just a variety. And so that kind of interested me. And I got into the, the, the uh, my first media writing class where I was like, okay, you know, you're in the journalism school. You're going to have to write you're gonna have to, and it was just not my thing. It, it just, we just did not click did not get along. Um, and then funny enough, which I wasn't, remember I said, I wasn't looking for like the fine art thing. I just went, you know, I'm just gonna be a photo major and just over to the school of art and design. I went and second semester of college, I was a photography major. Um, after yeah, in high school, I was like, yeah, maybe we'll try the the journalism route. So, <laughs> so yeah, ended up a photo major, and you know, had my parents in my ears like, are you sure you might, you know, want to do a photo minor, <laughs> like a, a business major or something like that? And I just always had this kind of stubborn, driven, whatever line you want to you know call it, this mentality of like, well, if I give myself a plan B, then that's like, you have something to fall back on, like mm-hmm. you have the ability to not accomplish what you want to accomplish. So I was like, plan A is plan A and that's what we're going with. And, you know, plan A is the, the photo degree and we'll figure it out from there. But um, right. yeah, yeah, no, that's huge. Sometimes once you have a plan B, there's failure involved for that plan A. Mm-hmm. You can't implement it. Um, I mean, that's a big decision for a high schooler to decide like of all things, photojournalism especially in that time when it's yeah. decreasing it's not going up this right. isn't the 70s where there's newspapers all over the place yeah this is what 2012 and yep. th- they're they're falling off left and right <laughs> yeah I, I don't know when i think it might have been early in high school when the rocky mountain the rocky mountain post yes i think yeah rocky mountain post when that shut down. I think I was in high school or middle school or something like that. So yeah, I mean, it was happening around me, but I don't think I was necessarily locked into the photo portion of it because when I did get to LSU, there was, you know, there's like, okay, here's the journalism school. And then you get there and they're like, okay, we've got print broadcasts, advertising, you know, all all of these other kind of, you know, production, all these different kinds of things. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll feel it out. Maybe there's a different, you know, which Avenue fits most with photography and maybe I'll become interested in, another portion of that, you know, maybe the network side of things or the, the studio side, whatever it might've been in the broadcast world. But um, yeah, photo just, photo just stuck. And then I don't know if it was photo sticking as much or that media writing class was like, Hey, yo, yeah, not, not, not for you, you kid, <laughs> not for you. So, yeah. Hey son, pick up your camera and get out of the room. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah, that, was, was that ahead. LSU time? That early, like your first couple of years, was that just a, a more of a blossoming 
with the photography? Did you just feel like you were making steps yeah. every day? Yeah, because it it was it was the the best thing I did like for my photographer self was swapping over to that that photo program. Okay. Um, because I it was nuts and bolts. It was like I didn't take a you know, I didn't take a digital photo class until second semester junior year, I wanna say. So wow. like we were in the dark room. We were, you know, it was like here's, you know, burning and dodging, making your own little burn and dodge tools out of cardboard and stuff and in the dark room and the print like the chemicals and all that good stuff and all the different alternative processes. And so that was like a total it was a total shift because that makes you slow down. Like you're forced to wait for that print to develop, to wait for it to sit in each chemical. You're forced to wait to see if it worked. And then you got to go back in and do it again and reprint it. If it didn't, you know, things like that um, where we're in such a digital world now where it's like, Oh, did you shoot, you know, 30 frames a second, make sure you (laughs) scroll through them on your LCD real quick and see if you got it. And um, so, but that's impressive. that's it impressive was, that you had that I, learning. Yeah, it was a pain at the time. I was like, why are we not like, when am I going to use this kind of thing? But I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> sitting here like, what are you? <laughs> now I'm like, what are, what are you saying, man? Like, you use it all the time. Did you so, love that experience in the dark room? I did. Yeah, I was, I'm always, I'm more of a hands-on. Like I have to learn by doing and, or seeing somebody do something like, you know, the, the lecture, uh, PowerPoint life with notes and all that stuff. It's, it's just, you know, Does it, is what it is. Right. You don't absorb it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, but you know, it's on a screen, but like, what's that, what's the real life application of a lot of these things. And so going out and actually seeing like you buy your film, you shoot it, you come back, you see which, which frames on the negatives are overexposed and underexposed. And you see, the results of things in real time, slow real time, but real time. <laughs> um, um, but it was still, it's still like a visual. Okay. That's, you know, I need to under or underexpose that a touch more next time, or maybe, you know, situations like that where your light meter was reading it one way, but then you see it on the negative and you're like, Ooh, okay. So maybe the light meter was a little bit off and I need to kind of freestyle that next time. Um, and shoot, maybe bracket, shoot a couple different frames like that. Um, so there were all different like process things that I took from that to the sports world. Um, but I guess I'm getting ahead of myself because I, at LSU, I wanted to, when I got there with the photojournalism idea, I wanted to work for the school newspaper, right? Shoot for the school newspaper. Right. That's always obvious. Sure. Yeah. Didn't get a job with them because I didn't have a car down there. So coming from Colorado um, down to Baton Rouge, I, I just didn't have a car. And Wait, so like, that's a requirement? Have a car? They were like, yeah, you, we just, you know, you can't get to stories and stuff. Where, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes, but okay, I can, okay, I kind of see that. That makes sense. That's what, <laughs> but they're like, hey, you know, it's more on campus, but the athletic department is looking for student photographers right now. You know, go down to, and the best part was their office was just in Tiger Stadium. So it was like, go down to Tiger Stadium. And I was like, go down to what now? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just walk in. Like, <laughs> And uh, you, there's a you know guy named Chris Parent and Steve Franz. Um, and they gave me my first real chance at um, sports being a, like a photographic path. And, you know, seeing kind of the behind the scenes of how do you organize a team for a game day and, you know, different things like that. But so I started working... That was 
end of freshman year, so end of 2012. Okay. Um, and yeah, finished. We started off just, you know, kind of the basics, just going out, shoot a game, make your edit, turn in your edits, and and that was it. And then as I progressed through the, um, you know, through not only the photo school, but stuck along with the athletic department. Um, they kind of got more responsibility and, and, and things like that. But yeah, if I didn't have that shot from Chris and Steve, I'd, I'd I have no idea what I'd be doing. <laughs> yeah, You would be chasing, but, uh, you know, fires and, you know, shooting employees of the it. week and whatever crap the journalism paper was covering. That's right. Yep. That's right. What? No. So in that early stages, what was kind of your setup? What was your kit? Did you have a laptop? Yeah, I had a laptop, and then I was using all LSU's gear. And then photo have- school-wise, I was using the good old Canon AE-1 program. Yes. You know, 36 rolls, <laughs> Ilford HP5. Like, that's it. Those 36 exposures on the roll. Yeah, that's that's. Did you have uh, Photoshop? I did. It was photo mechanic? Photoshop. Was it Photoshop Elements or something? It was like the basic, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was like the basic version. I have no, I, I got Photo Mechanic from the sports world. That's okay. for sure. I got over there and they were like, okay, so you're going to need to download this. I'm like, but, but Lightroom, like, oh, but it does that too kind of thing. And they're like, yes, it does, but this does it faster. So, you know, that was one of the things where it's like the sports world just speed, speed, speed. Right. And making sure you get things done quickly but also accurately so you know there's a lot of a lot of program like i joke with my wife sometimes i'm just like oh lightroom still still doing that huh and she was just like it just it's fine like it works for me you know it's, it works for me which is which is perfect because like you know, there, there's just programs that do different different things for different avenues like mm-hmm. photo mechanic might not necessarily be the best for the wedding portrait world whereas lightroom in that catalog style it, Right, can, it can help out. So that was that was another thing too. Is like learning. Okay, this works well in the fine art photo world kind of thing, but not necessarily tailored for the sports world and the speed that 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 kind of demands. So right, yeah, you're not. It's not too often you're FTPing wedding photos in, on site. So it's yeah, live live <laughs> transmit. You got to get the the bridegroom got to get the first kiss out, man. It's, <laughs> they're gonna get beat to the punch by everybody with their iPads and the. <laughs> down the aisle uh, yeah you're you're doing their live instagram feed for them right there that's that's actually we should i might talk to my wife about that we could add that to uh, <laughs> just what you need that, I that package, yeah. what was your thought process at lsu what were you thinking like long-term goals when i get out of here what what was your path like oh i want to do x y and z Long term, I wanted to I wanted to get to the next level. So I wanted to experience what that NFL life was about. I wanted to now why you know, football? Saw, what's that? Now why football? Because you that was the first word out of your mouth was NFL and not. I was just hooked. It was you know kind of comes with being an LSU fan, and then you get down there and you're shooting inside your stadium all the time. And um, I don't know. I just wanted it, it. That's always been a game that I've loved watching. I never. It was kind of funny. I, like I never played it. Um, growing up, so you never played so football. Always, no, well, I always love watching it. Just what was your first game like at LSU? Your first football game like? I think I'm trying to think who there was. I'm trying to think whether we were playing. I think we were playing North Texas, the powerhouse of North Texas. Yeah, it was. It was a uh, 
you know, <laughs> it was one of the, one of the, the primer games. Yeah, <laughs> body bag <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I think it was North Texas. Um, but yeah, they were, I think it was 2013. Yeah. That would have been the first season. And it was like, you know, OBJ was there, Jarvis Landry, you know, like Jeremy Hill. You had all these guys that have been, had careers in the NFL. And yeah. I just, I, I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I had in front of me. You know, no, I was like, Oh, this is great. Where, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm on the field. This is crazy. I'm down here. It's, you know, I'm close to the action. And, um, that was definitely when I remember I was sitting by, it was like the corner of the end zone, I want to say. Um, but Stacy Revere who shoots for Getty images, he was, he's been a mentor of mine since I was at LSU. He was based out of new Orleans. And so he would come up and shoot games every now and then. And, um, I was just talking with him. Um, and you know, you shoot and I was looking down at my thing and then all this other stuff happened. And he looked at me, he was like, how did you, uh, how did you learn to take a picture without having your camera up to, or without having your eye up to the camera? And I just kind of like, what kind of thing? And it's just like, you got to keep shooting, man. You can't like, you got to keep shooting through the play kind of deal. And so there was a lot of the, like, okay, you've got the access, right? You've got the spot on the field. Now use it kind of deal. So, you know, meeting people like Stacy along the way that have been like, Yep. Okay. You're here. That's great. You don't need to broadcast that. Let's make the most of your access. Now let's make some good photos. Let's like kind of learn how to do things now that you're down here. Um, Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, yeah, for sure. Was, was that just to have all that access, you know, early in your career? Cause it's one thing if you go to like a small school, Mm-hmm they let you do literally that small school, whatever you want, but the, the excitement, the, there's not 90,000 people. It's right. So there's this give and take where you could be at the small school and have all the access in the world, but you're playing the game in front of 400 people. Right. You're at LSU. You get as much access as they're going to allow you. Mm-hmm. And then, but your pitchers are now in this glorious stadium and you have elite athletes running around. Sure. So like, were you, when, when you were there, did that kind of sink into your head? Like, Oh my God, like I'm playing with the house money. It did at the time because like, it was also this like grand thing. Like I grew up, my dad went there. So I like, I grew up in LSU. Oh, fans, so your dad went to LSU. Yeah. So okay slight legacy kid. Yeah. So right. I went there and like, I've always just loved LSU. So there was also the, you know, the allure of it just being there. And I was like, Oh, I'm here. I'm shooting here. Now there's that much more. It was something that I loved somewhere that I love to be. And so there was that extra added, I guess, extra bonus, um, right. you know, passion there for it. But I don't think in terms of like, the athletes and the caliber of what I had access to. I don't think that really clicked until, until I left just because I would go back and I would look at everything and like, you know, shooting Ben Simmons, his season at, hey. at LSU. We got, I worked with Lenny now again, Fournette, now that he's back on the bucks and like we did a couple shoots um, at LSU that I, I remember he was just like a little kind of like, you want me to, do what with it? I remember this one. This one shoot, it was for a magazine cover, I believe, or a game program cover or something. And you know how shooting for a cover or design or something, it's like it's not the image. It's you're shooting, and text is going to go here, and the logo here, and this is here. 
And so it was one of those things where we kind of had to try and explain, here's how this is going to look afterwards. And so it was just a confusing thing. And when he got to the Bucks, I brought that up again. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah I do remember that. Yeah, that was, that, that, didn't, that didn't make sense to me at all, man. Like, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. So, like, now that I've, I've, I've been removed from all that, like, you know, Alex Bregman being there at the same time as Fournette and all of these different crazy talented athletes that I was able to, to photograph and fortunate enough to photograph was it's, it's clicking now that um looking back through old work, but I know, yeah. In the, in the moment I was just a, a college kid living his dream, man. I know, like, <laughs> I know it's so crazy. If like you could go back right now, how would you photograph those four years differently with the, with the layers of experience you have? You'd be like, Oh my God, I'd be winning every student award there was. <laughs> I, just... I would I would certainly have a lot straighter horizons. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I'll be a little bit more selective too. I was a trigger finger for sure when I was. Uh, That's you. I laid on the shutter button. I remember Chris. Like there were times where he was transitioning their archive, and he would text me, Chris at LSU, and he'd text me he's like, "Dude, did you know that you turned in 300 pictures from a baseball game one time?" <laughs> and I was like, "Nope." I didn't, I didn't know. He's like, probably 200 of them are just duplicates of the, like of the, the other the one before. Like, yeah. So just cover my bases, Chris. Yeah. I probably would have a, a lot less to edit, you know, if I went back and, uh, you know, you get more selective and as you kind of shoot more, you, you learn what you do repetitively. Like you kind of catch yourself, whether it's in a different stadium or something. I'm like, wait a minute. I shot him warming up in this spot with this lens last week. Hold on. Like, let's, let's kind of, you know, change it up a little bit. Um, right. Yeah. But, it, it's amazing at what, what some years of experience, how you see differently. And then if you could go back and be 18 again, you'd be like, Oh God, I yeah. could, I could really fix some things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And that's where I, like I had, you know, I would send, I would send my, my takes and, portfolio that I was putting together for, you know, internships at the end of college and stuff. I'd send that to Stacy and, and other people that I knew. I mean, shoot, when I went to sports shooter, I came and was like, you just rip my, rip them apart. Y'all like, tell me what I need to fix. Tell me what's, um, tell me what I need to, to do better as a photographer kind of deal. Cause that's, well, that's one thing that Stacy really like instilled in me early on is he was like, dude, I'm not critiquing you. Like, it's your photo. Right. I'm not saying you're like a bad photographer. You'll never do. It's like that one right there just didn't work. It's totally fine. Like, do you see how many photos you took a game? Just one of like, I'm only talking, I'm only looking at like, Hey, this one didn't necessarily work. It's fine. You know? And one thing I specifically remember Rod Marr at that sports shooter um, in, yeah, in LA. I know he was saying when he gave his presentation, he was saying, he's like, my goal is to make one portfolio photo per assignment kind of deal. Mm-hmm. He's like, you gotta manage your expectations and realize that not every photo you take is going to be a Pulitzer winner or a, right. you know, what you going to end up in hanging in halls of galleries. Like it's, you know, that's, it's just gotta be realistic and that that's not, that's not going to happen. And, you know, it's totally fine too. Cause that amount of pressure will sort of kind of collapse you a little bit and, and make, make those, unattainable expectations kind of, kind of too much. Right. No, it's, uh, it's something you just don't get until you get older and you realize like, well, okay, I got to slow down. Not everything is going to be the greatest moment ever. 
Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely was that way. Like when I think it, I'm trying to think at LSU when like I remember every year before the season started, you know, we had our media day, our asset shoot kind of stuff. Right. And I was always like, Oh, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And they were like, we don't have six days with these guys. <laughs> like we don't have that enough or that amount of time overall four years like yeah. slow down <laughs> there young buck yeah we have a very limited limited amount of time we can take pictures of these guys and we got a lot of things we need them for so yeah but the skydiving photo is going to be great we could do that right. exactly it would be awesome just you just don't know it yet <laughs> so that was the that was the thing where i was you know it was the intro into the internal side of things where it was more about you know some things are less photos and more so like assets for a for a creative department or something like that. Um, so that was, yeah, it was a lot of learning of the behind the scenes of an organization or an athletic department or, right. you know. What and that's be. big too. A lot of people don't understand all the things that are done behind the scenes. It's not just game yeah. day. There's a yeah. lot of other stuff. No, that's, that's the, uh, yeah, that's a big thing that, you know, we all, we all get all the DMs or, how do you be a sports photographer? How do you get to be in the NFL? How do you get to do this? And I'm like, I, you know, obviously all of our jobs appear to be the greatest job in the world. And we get, and we're in, all incredibly fortunate. Those that get to make pictures for a living, like mm-hmm. in whatever Avenue, um, this one happens to be sports, but like, there's so much more, like we only play, gosh, 2020, I guess the max amount of games played. So we played 20 games. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, that's 20 days you're photographing football, right? I guess, or like actual meaningful, meaningful football. And the rest is, you know, practices and events and, you know, marketing assets and media day shoots and community events and corporate partnership deals and, you know, all these other different things. So it's like a huge thing that I try to tell anybody that's asking me like, Hey, what's it actually like? Like it's a lot less football than you think. Yeah. I mean, if so, you think about it, you only work a football game about 60 hours a year. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The whole year is basically encompassing of from game time to end 60 minutes or 60 hours. There's yeah, a that's... lot of other hours in that, in that year. <laughs> yeah. You're yep. doing a lot of other just grind stuff. Yeah, that, and I promise you, if you're working in sports, you'll hit 60 hours in a week. Yes. <laughs> like, in half a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, depending on what, you know, where you're at and the, the responsibilities you've got. But, yeah, sports, you know, it's it's a grind, as you said. If you can only show up 10 minutes before game time and leave 10 minutes afterwards, you know, but that's not oh. the real world. Yeah. I, I remember, gosh, what was it? It was like right before COVID down here, I was shooting a lightning game. Um, and this was when I was, I was, a, I'm a Penguins fan. And so I just, they were coming to town and I'm like, Hey, Scott, you got a credential. I just, I've never shot hockey. It'd be kind of fun. And I just showed up. I didn't have any assignments. I didn't have any deadlines. <laughs> like I was like, man, this is awesome. Like can we, we can figure this out. We can make this work a lot yeah. of time, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you need a seventh shooter? Cause I'd love to show up yeah. five minutes before ice time. <laughs> yeah. This was not bad. Yeah, and he's just like, get out of here. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I necessarily, thought, yeah. I remember probably, probably at that sports shooter you were at, Rod Mar was telling me I'm with the Angels at the time. He's with Seattle, and he's like, oh man, 
oh, it's going to be rough. we got a game next week, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, he's like, oh, you know. I'm like, dude, you only work 16 games a year. Like, yeah. that's that's a homestand for me. Like, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> that's dude, that's what I've always been. Like, I marvel at the the baseball shooters, you know, Dirksen and, and Will Vragvik and, like, everybody around, all these other talented shooters in the MLB. And I'm just like, whoo, y'all got to pick and choose because, like, 162, like, even even just all the home games is crazy. Like, if you didn't travel at all, that's, that's yeah. nuts. So, literally, so, if they only shot home games, they work four times as many games as you do. And that's just uh, brutal. I would, I would honestly be okay with if we just had like a one o'clock Wednesday, you know, like, like, a, like a, just like midweek baseball games, you know, like, yeah, let's just see this one on Tuesday. Why not? Like, yeah, right. I know it's, it's grueling. It's grueling. Football has become a grind. And yeah. you know this because of social media and all the content that needs to be made. But let's say prior. 1999 and like those guys didn't all that stuff it was just games they didn't shoot camps yeah. they didn't shoot practices they didn't shoot all that stuff because there was no nowhere to put it their, right. their game day programs were the last week's game and a lot right. of those guys didn't travel to away games they only worked home games yeah and i got a really good after LSU, I got a uh, I got an internship with the Vikings in 2016. Yes, uh, you got Zach a real dose. Of- <laughs> Zach Tarrant and Andy Canutis uh, gave me a chance up there, and I'm like forever appreciative of that organization and that team because I still had another class to take that summer, and so they let me miss training camp and still hired me on. Um, you know believed in what I could do and brought me up there. So like literally I graduated August 5th and my first day, or I drove up to Minnesota August, the morning of August 6th. Wow. Uh, and got up there and just hit the ground running. And my aunt and uncle, uh, lived about 45 minutes outside the city. So I was able to stay with them. Never would have been able to do that internship without them. Um, with how much living costs are and all that stuff. Big so. shout out to aunt and uncle. Oh Yeah. David and Christine, Xander, Gracie, shout outs. Um, so yeah, there was uh, you know, getting getting up there, going back to the why I brought that up. Um, I had one of my tasks when I got there was kind of organizing, not organizing, but batch, you know, kind of clumping shots together from their archive. I basically they had their old photo archive and their company that they formerly hosted it with sent them a basically a uh you had an external drive and it just had a folder <laughs> with it. Oh, and like goodness. All, all the pictures in there. So I was like, okay, sweet. That's great. Luckily they were sorted by year. Um, oh. but you know, had to go in and do games and you know, whether it was the opening of the training facility and things like that. So kind of going back through the photo archive, you could see what the job entailed back then versus what it entailed now. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just kind of like a, Wow, there maybe might have been like a coach's charity golf tournament or something, or uh, but six um, bad photos yeah. were taken. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just a different, a totally. You know, you're limited by the technology, and you've only got thirty six exposures most times. So it was very PR ish. Those yeah, early yeah. sports, all the teams, they were. It was very PR ish. We shoot the. Oh, we got a new concession stand. We shoot the concession stand. Well, we got yep. a coach's golf tournament. Four coaches stand around some big sponsor with golf clubs. They smile yep. awkwardly. Off they yep. go. Yeah, the, you know the the kind of grip and grin. Uh, yeah, 
check presentation shots of, uh-huh. you know, checking all the boxes where you've got, you know, all the people we need in the picture. You got the logos, you got the check, you got the amount, you boom, you're good. That's your picture. And, all right. Uh, get out of here, Bubba. Go yeah. out golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so um, how was that time though with the Vikings and Andy out there? It was amazing, man. I mean, Andy, I mean, people know his work now. He's, he's one of the more creative people that I've ever seen and worked with and just getting to shadow him. I mean, Zach too. Oh my God. Like they were just, they had their own styles and they were just so different, but it worked for the brand kind of deal. It worked for how the Vikings were trying to use photography. Um, and Zach was, had a really cool position where he was technically also like the team archivist. So he was a manager of the physical archive as well as the digital, um, you know, the asset management on the photo side. And so he was, you know, I was going through and helping him as they were opening the stadium, they were opening a, a team museum in there. Um, and so he was kind of curating stuff from Vikings fans all over and needing photos from historic events and games and plays and things like that. And so, you know, that's another example of a project that's not shooting football and has nothing to do with taking photos, but it's still like a responsibility of it's a visual, it's a visual aspect. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, yeah, watching them shoot Andy, I remember one time, <laughs> I remember one time he was out of practice. I didn't really shoot many practices out in Minnesota because at the time I was down by where the stadium was in downtown and um, in an office building. And then they were, that was where like marketing and advertising and all that, you know, kind of the business side of, of the org, as we put it. Um, that's where they were. And everybody else was out in the training facility in Eden or Winter Park, I believe it was. Um, and I think that was 20 minutes away or so. Um, so I only shot a couple of practices out there, but I remember one time I came out there just to shadow him and see like how he navigated it. Cause you know, with the access again, each team gives is totally different. And so he was, you know, com- the coaching staff was comfortable with him being everywhere. The players knew him, all this kind of stuff. And so he was just able to go everywhere. And I remember watching him walk out and he had a body around his neck. He had his long glass on his monopod and he had another body on the strap, but then on his other strap, he had like a pro photo strobe and he was walking around and just handhold strobing (laughs) outdoors. And I was like, what's happening right now? And then the photos afterwards were just so different. They were, it was just something to break up the monotony of practice, you know, that he, that he just thought of. And so he was definitely somebody where, you know, you see, you see me out there doing something where it's like, what on earth is Kyle doing? Like, I don't know. You never know. It might work. It might look cool. Right. (laughs) That's the thing. Take a chance. So, um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of not working on that front when I, when I, when I tried some some new things, maybe not, maybe. But you know what though? I was telling someone the other day, don't be afraid to fail Mm -hmm. because if you don't fail and and I know you're like, Oh my God, I'm on the bucks time and I don't want to like come up with nothing. But if you don't, you are never pushing your boundaries. You become vanilla and Rocky road was made on accident. Nobody had the intention of making Rocky road. It was an accident. Stuff fell into the bowl and made Rocky road. (laughs) Like that's just how it is. Like you can't with photography. You've got to be willing to fail to make. Yeah. And you gotta be willing to like acknowledge it too. Like you can't be willing to have some, you gotta be willing to, you know, actually sit there and be like, okay, yeah, that, that just didn't, that wasn't it. Like, cause there's a lot of times growing up where growing up, Oh my gosh. Where like I've sit, I'm, I'm like, oh, I really like this image. I really like this photo. And then I would have, you know, Stacy or somebody who's been doing this 
twice as long as I have. And you, you guys at, at Sports Shooter, you guys at all used to be like, it, it won't get used. Like you don't, it's, it's not like that. It's not a good photo kind of thing, but it's not good for what your quote unquote client is, is needing mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so I, I feel like that's a big thing today where it's like, Hey, I really like this photo. I'm getting feedback. I'm going to choose not to listen to that feedback. And I'm like, you know, if there have been certain times in my career where I did that. And then I was like, ah, maybe a year later, I'm like, I get why he said that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Right. Got it. You know, like not everything's the glamour shots, the, you know, next to the superstars and, and all that stuff. I specifically remember at LSU, it was Les Miles' final game or supposed final game. And he, you know, when he got carried off on the field and after beat Texas A&M and all this stuff. And I was technically like the senior student on the staff or the, the staff of student photographers at the time. And so I was kind of expecting like, Hey, Chris is going to be over here doing this. Steve's going to be doing that. And I'm kind of the auxiliary, you know, fly around and get other moments inside and follow the team inside. Um, but I was asked to shoot our radio broadcaster of gosh, I believe 25 years or so signing off from, for the last time in tiger stadium. Um, and the moments after that, and like being in the craziness of a huddle after a game and then going up for a important huddle that I was missing, but going up and shooting that moment and then seeing what that photo resonated with, with fans on social, on the website, on everything else. And I was like, okay, I get it. Maybe, you know, this is part of shooting on a team and not necessarily this, you know, this is what I need to do for the team, not necessarily for my portfolio or whatever it might be. Right. Um, so yeah, it was another good example of like, not, you know, not everything's the glamor, uh, uh, what, what you see on social media from, from all these, these jobs and stuff. So. Right. And, and, and it's interesting to find out what, what is the striking point? What's the radiates with the fan? And yeah, yeah. it might've been, miles being carried off but that other gentleman had 25 years of stories and history and he put kids to bed and he was there during fishing trips and whatnot and he was a real part of people's lives yeah and that's what you know you go through the comment sections and stuff and it was like thank you for all this you know mr hawthorne thank you so much for I remember me and my dad listened to this game before he passed. I remember me and my, you know, all of these very personal and personal stories and memories from these people that were, and there's like one picture of like a simple hug with his, uh, his co-anchor. I don't know what you call him on the radio, on the radio, but, uh, probably his play by play guy. Yeah. Yeah. His his, his color guy. He was like, you know, giving him a big hug and stuff and with tiger stadium in the background. And it, it was a simple photo technically right like mm-hmm. a flash off the ceiling and nothing crazy to it technically why technically but like just the, seeing the comments and, and stuff after that i was like okay so maybe not every impactful photo is on the field right? right like maybe not there's other ways where we can use our cameras to impact people with our photography and it's not necessarily like wow look at that one-handed catch kind of deal because those moments are so mundane like Right. <laughs> These days, like all the crazy catches and stuff, they happen like th- three times a quarter. Like, right. You know, you these big plays and big hits or whatever it might be. Like, you get these 
over the course of the season, you kind of see how many photos you've taken of a moment like that. And you're like, Oh yeah, I guess, you know, it was a great play, but it's not going to linger for, you know, in the memories of people. So you learned more in that moment, what it carried off you. Like then if you would have had miles and like this beautiful, glorious photo of miles looking right at you and screaming and hollering, the lights all lighted up. Right. Right. You got more from that gentleman's moment to actually make you better moving forward. Miles, yeah, Miles would might have looked great in your portfolio, but you learned more from that other moment. Yeah, and that it helped me a ton when I got to Minnesota because when I got there, they're you know they're opening the new building, so it was the first year US Bank Stadium, and I mean I've never I wasn't a part of the the pre process of you know anything involved before I got there, but it was there was a lot of photo needs of a new building. There's a lot of new partners. There's a lot of new vendors, a lot of new areas that they need to sell tickets to that people have never seen or been in. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that they need a, they need a photo to replace a rendering. So that was one of my first assignments was like, Hey, you need to go. Basically here's a list of things. I need a bunch of different really generic stock photos of, right? Like just wide shots of club spaces or suites and things like that. But you also need to learn how to get around quick on game day kind of deal. So my first couple of days, he basically just said, Zach basically just said, Hey, go get lost. You don't really have anything to do at the office today. We just need these photos the next couple of days. Go find your way around. And like did lost, lost. Did I get, <laughs> I'll tell you that, but it was definitely a thing where it was like, okay, let me just walk around. To, need to find that shortcut. Around. Yeah. You know, you find the little things where like, okay, I remember this escalator goes here and certain things in buildings, you know, stadiums don't connect. Right. Every I can't go this way on this floor. I'm, I'm right. stuck. Yeah. The, the little caveats of each, of each stadium. So that was super helpful learning, but it was like not thrilling. But no, it's you know not I mean? sexy to get yeah, lost. is not the most interesting. Thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just walking around taking pictures of empty spaces. Like it was, you know, it wasn't anything you know, flashy, but, um, but you're Hansel you know, and Gretel. You've got to, you know, drop those little, yeah things and find your way around otherwise on game day and anybody seen zach anybody <laughs> anybody he's lost we we sent him off with kyle and he never came back what happened to yeah. him yeah <laughs> yeah. So. yeah so it was there yeah definitely times like that where the the radio announcer's story i guess or moment carried over because there was you know the first i want to say the first half of the first game and it was a big game too. Like the first game in that building, it was Sunday night football. It was against the Packers. So like all of the Vikings fans, they were fired up and it was a yeah. big, big game for the Vikings. And, you know, it's like first half, Hey, I need you to shoot, go around and shoot concessions. And I was like, what? Like <laughs> first half of the game. Like, ah, okay. Um, but Kyle you know, was, wants to be on the field. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, you know, it really did. I made some cool photos. You got some cool wide shots of, you know, the stadium being full and just totally different, some atmosphere shots and then helping out with our vendor needs and getting some partner, uh, partner photos of the new concession stands and, you know, all that good stuff. But it was also cool because you got to see people enjoying all that stuff, right? Like you got to see another side of game day that we get so wrapped up in these routines where it's like, okay, I'm going to get to the stadium this amount of time before the game and then I'm going to get all our gear set up, go shoot this shoot warm-ups shoot the game pack it up go home edit like you get in such a routine that right. sometimes like uh zach 
does uh, Tarrant does this a few times a year, and I see it every now and then where he'll like shoot the start of the second half from elevated or something just to spur some creative juices or get something different from a road game or yeah. whatever it might be. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, not everything, you know, crazy cool happens on the field. Um, I remember actually, uh, was it Logan Bowles after Drew Brees' last game, you know, hung around. We had to get all our gear packed up and he hung around and got those awesome photos of uh, Brees and Brady playing catch with Drew's kids and, and, you know, but he was still up in the stands, right? We still had the Ozones kind of stuff, but he was, you know, still had that experience where he's like, something might happen where something may have happened in the past in his career where I think I might want to linger after, you know, you just get that intuition right. based on whatever happened in years prior. And so ended up with some really powerful, impactful photos of the last, uh, last time Drew Brees was on a football field. So I know, I know those, those are the absolute best moments. Yeah. Best you never you truly never know where, they're going to come from either. So, right. I mean, because, you guys were saying uh, when I was a sports shooter, you know, shoot everything. Shoot, right. Shoot everything. Drew's last pass looks like the first one. You really can't tell unless exactly. there's a clock in it or something. But that moment with his kids where maybe his shoulder pads are off and he's in his T-shirt that he's had since he was at Purdue or something. Yep. That's a special moment. Yep. Yeah, it was... It's yeah, those moments really kind of keep you fresh too, right? Like you, it's when they when they pop up and you, whether or not you took it or or somebody else shot it. Like in this moment, I was like, oh wow, like that's you know, it's a moment that I wish I would have been able to capture. But even seeing it, you still kind of kind of take that and be like, oh yeah, but actually, remember that one time where where Logan or Perry or someone on the NFL staff stayed late after this game, and then they ended up with this. Maybe I'll stay late this time. And you, you know, you can apply what other people are doing also, um, right. not just what they're posting and how they're shooting or editing, but like how they're approaching games and how they're, you know, planning for shots and anticipating shots and whatever that might be. So, you know, I, I guess if I could have offer a piece of a little piece of advice as to for the for the shooters coming up is you know don't necessarily only worry about taking photos. Yeah, yeah. you know, learn how to you know the process of a game day the process of whatever avenue that you're trying to get in because the team avenue is a lot different than the quote-unquote external media like technically i'm internal media and there's external media like we're all still media um but it's you know the expectations and the the requirements are just a lot different for what each position requires entails right when your time with the Vikings end, what's your plan? My plan was hope that another job opened up in sports really soon because I'm not trying to work at the Gap for too long, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, those internships are, I'm guessing that was seasonal, right? Probably. Like yeah, summer it was just ends that one in January. Yeah. And, yep. Um, and then you freelance yeah, for I a while. For, I stayed on for a little bit. Like a, I want to say it was a month after, just kind of help with the, you know, tying the bow on the season, archiving, and all that, all that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, you freelance for a while, but did you go home to Denver? Yeah. Or did you go home? Yeah, to I went back to Denver, and I lived, went back to Denver, lived at home for what was it, six, seven months or so, um, and was kind of thinking like, all right, maybe the, you know, we'll hang around and do the wedding thing and. Hey, Uncle, you need a second shooter. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, help the, help him out for a little bit and, you know, sell some jeans, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, went back to the old college high school job. I'm just like, all right, we'll do this. I'm not free on weekends because I have weddings and, you know, made it do. And then the spot at Tennessee opened up with Donald and I jumped on it. What were you thinking at that point? Like, oh, this is going to be just like LSU, but I'm an employee. Like, that's going to be great. Kind of. I was more excited to, like, because I'd met Donald, like, maybe once or twice when he was, when I was at LSU and the Vols came for a, I think it was a basketball game and they might have come down for a baseball game. Okay. Uh, But he was there a couple times. And I met him and, you know, I was, I've always heard such good things about him. And so I was more just excited to see how to basically just to be a sponge, right. To just see how he runs a department, how somebody actually runs a photo department um, from the inside where I, you know, I didn't have classes where I had to leave and go do this. And like, I could devote all of my attention to just how do you do this? Learning what it, what this whole thing entails um, while also, you know, there's a lot of things photographically that I have learned and still learn from him. So that was a, a really good chance for me to, um, just grow as a photographer, but also grow as, I guess, a, an employee in sports, you know, right. right. There, you, you just learn very different than every other industry and you got to learn to be adaptable and flex. And what did you learn? Like, What's your top three things you learned in that year time there in orange? Whew. Well, he stepped away like my second week there. So it became, I sort of absorbed two response, two jobs worth of responsibilities for the kind of the. Wait, you came for him and he left at that time? No, he didn't really didn't leave. You know, everybody's got some stuff going on. And so he he had to step away and then, you know, ultimately decided that he and his family or he and his wife were moving up to a, Indiana and she was taking a job up there. And so there were, you know, other things either way, right. but uh, yeah. So then, you know, I was like, ah, okay. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> good to know. Two, yeah. <laughs> week two. Got it. Sweet. Let's do this. Um, but you know, I was in his ear. You're still trying to find a place oh, to live for God's sake. I think I, I might've been actually, but yeah, no, I was, <laughs> it was you know, checking around. Like you're staying at the comfort inn and he's left. Yeah, no, he, it was great though. Cause I was just, I would just pick his brain about everything. Like, Hey, where do you put this? Where does this, like, how do you organize? Who do you talk to in the department about this, this, and this? And I can't find the thumb drives, Donald. Call, yeah. hell, call me back. <laughs> like, where's the cameras? No. Um, but top three things I learned there. Definitely. It's, I mean, it's a very hard thing to achieve, but you have to, you have to shut off the work brain. Um, you know, I, kind of say I have this not I do the saying where it's like yep you know sports never sleep and neither do we so it's that you know it's a I joke about it sometimes but it definitely is you know you get home and this laptop I'm talking to you on it's mobile so that can be a double-edged sword right where it's like oh. yes I can work from home but it's like yeah now you can work whenever though right so, now I'm working um, at home exactly so um whether I knew that at the time, I didn't know whether I was just so tired and I had a job to do and I had to get things done. And, you know, I didn't recognize it then, but when I left, I was like, wow, I really did not take the best care of myself. Um, you know, while, while doing all that stuff. So remember to turn your work hat off or turn, turn the work brain off and 
you know, disconnect a little bit. Right. Um, Did you enjoy covering all those sports? Cause you yeah, just went from so Vikings, fun. right? A sport yep. to now I've got everything, volleyball and track and like, yeah. you name it. It was so much fun. The variety. That was what it was is cause. And while I love, you know, not having to have like, 14 different sets of code replacements and you know all the like the the little kind of quirky things that come with all of the oh, all of yes. the rosters so, like it was fun to have you know you have a spring football practice one day and then that night you have to kind of flip a switch in your brain and shoot a baseball game so there's like different ways of approaching everything so it kept you on your toes so you know like some sports you got to move around a bit more soccer you know there's you, some sports are really limited to your shooting positions, volleyball, basketball, you know, things like that. And so you, you know, you kind of take different things and try to apply them to other sports and see. Do they have swimming and diving? Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You got that. You got to cover, which a lot of schools don't have. And that's interesting. Yeah. And that was a whole, we had a student, John Gallier. He was like a manager. He was a swimmer growing up and he was a manager on the team as well, but he was also like a very, very detail oriented. He was a photographer, but like very, very detail oriented and very into the archiving of everything. And so like he did all these deep dives of going through our archives and digitizing negatives and all this kind of all these different things. And God loves this person. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, illuminating all of these things that happened within the swimming and diving program that were, you know, not a lot of people knew about. And so sure. going back to the archiving portion, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole nother job. You never know what you're going to find in there and then how that can apply to, to current days. I think they ended up making a couple, like the video department ended up making a documentary about one of the coaches and, but yeah, it was, they yeah. So you fo- never now know. They got photos. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was fun too, seeing the, cause I'm used to, again, the one roster kind of deal and it was, kind of fun going through histories of different programs and, you know, yeah, all that stuff, especially at a, a place with a history like Tennessee. I mean, like the right. power key is quite the brand and it's, it's going to be strong for quite a while. So it was, it was definitely a fun place to, to be. Yeah. I mean, you really cut your teeth there and, and it was, that, that's a great, great town, great city, great college yeah. town. Yeah. You know, they're passionate. God love that orange, man. You can make some beautiful colors and pictures with it. Yeah. I, that, that, was stadium. A, that was a fun thing. Oh, I love that Check. end zone. That checkered yes. end bones. The first Checkered. time I went there, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. It was that. That's a, you know, sports fan, football fan, whatever. If you if you haven't been to a, a packed game in Neyland, you, you, you got to make it. Put oh, that yeah. on the bucket list for sure. That's like you say, it's a special town. There's a lot of a lot of passion for Tennessee sports there and, and that orange, it blends in when you're there, but mm. whew, when you leave, it is like, what are you with? <laughs> yeah. In- I noticed that. Like I would wear a hoodie back to Denver or something for holidays. And I was like, wow, I did not stick out as much in Knoxville. Like, Whoa. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was- They're like zebras as a pack. <laughs> it's not so bad, but when you're by yourself, you're like, what the fuck are you wearing? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was funny, but yeah, no, no shortage of uh, no shortage of energy at the, all those games too. You know, the I mean, the basketball team started. Rick Barnes was still there, so oh. basketball team started to get good. We went to uh, March Madness. That was the first time I'd ever shot that. We went to March Madness. What was it that second season? 
I feel like I shot the tail end of one season and then one full season we went to March Madness. I, it's all a blur, but yes. Um, either way, first time shooting in March Madness and, you know, being with the team, that was where I kind of, I think Craig spoke about this too a little bit, but like when you're, when you have a team going to the postseason in the college world, it kind of, you kind of almost turn into their pseudo team photographer, right? Like you're along for the ride, wherever, you know, wherever the journey Mm -hmm. uh, takes them, however far they go. And so that was, that was a time where I got to be back in with a team and I was like, okay, this is kind of my primary focus now until their season is over. And so it was a, that kind of sparked the, you know, like maybe I do want to get back into the single, the single storytelling with the team, with the single roster and, and getting to know an organization and a, and a, you know, a head coach and a coaching staff and learn how I can use my talents with photo to kind of better show what they're trying to accomplish and tell their story. Um, Did you enjoy that access? Like on something like that when you're in the tournament? Yeah, it was great. It was, it was, uh, we were, I think we went to Dallas and, SEC tournament was in Nashville and all that. So that was just, there was postseason tournaments and then we went to the first round and the mm-hmm. second round and it was just a blur, but it was so much fun getting there. I remember we did a, like, it was a big deal that this team, this was like the first March madness team in however many years. And so we wanted to do, you know, kind of back when the, the grid was the thing, right. You wanted to show off your grid on Instagram. And I was like, okay, what if we do portrait, just tight portraits of each guy um, super simple lighting setup for, you know, incorporating branding split light with half, just kind of standard flash half is orange. There you go. You got your branding in there and we just, you know, each guy in a row on the grid. So it was just, here's our squad kind of thing. Like here it is. And we shot that in a hotel room. Like we're just sitting, just sat on like a chair and I had two of my colleagues holding speed lights to the sides of their head and, <laughs> you know, made photos there. It looked like it was a total black backdrop and you know, all that done, but it was one of those, one of those things where I was like, I didn't think I'd be doing something like this, but it was one, you know, where you had the access where you were able to be like, Hey, come down here. We need to steal you guys for, you know, quick, quick portrait shoot where most, you know, some coaching staffs might be like, hell no, we're kind of trying to be in the postseason uh, tournament here. We're not yeah. really you know worried about that, but you know, there was a really really great dynamic between the SID staff and um, the, the team and the coaching staff and everybody. So were there, th- were there things, tournament. were there things you learned with the Vikings? Now you're implementing with Tennessee, whether it was maybe like a style or an approach. Yeah, I definitely took, I definitely took a lot of style from Andy cause he was the, not like the first person that I saw. And maybe this was just me having like tunnel vision, like, but I didn't really see at the time it's, it's everywhere now, but like, you didn't really see many people shooting at 1.4, you know, shooting these crazy, these crazy primes. Right. And, um, you know, depth of fields that you really would never kind of fathom being in mm-hmm. sports because of how fast it moves and how the, the ROI on, on those shots is not, uh, no, not great. There's, you know, for every, you know, one you see on, on Instagram, there's 60 more where like the nose is in focus and then this eye and then this eyelash and then this eyelash. Like it's, it never actually works. But so a lot of the style stuff I took from him um, and just seeing what he was creating with those lenses, it was kind of, I took it almost like a challenge. It'd be like, okay, well, what can I do 
with with this kind of stuff. And so um, Zach has always been very creative in terms of using like, you know, varying your shutter speed and incorporating flash, whether you're rear curtain syncing it or whatever it might be to, again, it creates this almost like disorienting, you know, world that this player is living in on the frame, but you still have that pop of flash, which grounds it in like, there's a helmet, there's a Texans logo, there's this. Um, so I took parts of how they, parts of how they shot to Tennessee. And then, you know, Tennessee was a big, I felt really comfortable photographically when I got there. So it wasn't like, ah, okay, how do I, I got to be ready for this play or I got to be ready for whatever moment um, to happen. It was more of like, all right, I'm here. I know what I'm doing with my cameras, you know, like I need to just sort of focus on the environment and the atmosphere um, and let my creativity kind of work its way out. I guess you could say. How much of your time at Tennessee evolved your portfolio where you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I have the access. I have the ability now I'm getting better. Yeah. And I'm starting to like, Oh, I can, this, this isn't going into my portfolio. I'm making these photos. Boom, 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 boom. It was so like how. Because you're growing, right? You're growing. And as you're like, you know, if you, like we said, if we went back and started shooting at LSU, what you know now today, yeah. you'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm killing it because your, your, your growth is so small, but as you're getting older, you're, you can get, you can learn things quicker. So by the mm-hmm. time you're at Tennessee, are you learning things at such a fast rate that it's adding to your portfolio and you're making photos better, quicker, faster? I think so. But I also think it was like, I, it was like a fly or die thing. It was like, you you're the person. So like, if you're not going to do it, who you're like, who, you know, like you kind of have to, you kind of <laughs> nice have to, to your head. Yeah. Like you kind of have to, you, you have to do it. But, um, and it was, you know, it was, it was totally fine. I had, like I mentioned all these people that have helped me get there. So I had all these contacts and resources that I could reach out to and ask like, Hey, have you ever encountered this before? Or have you ever dealt with such and such? And Hey, can you look at my photos? I kind of feel like I'm getting stale. Like that's what I would do with Stacy all the time is I would, that's good. Send my, I'd send my portfolio off and it would be like, have at it, man. And he, Stacy's very straightforward and very blunt. And he's, you know, I remember there's a couple of times where he just said, what is this? Like in the comments on the, I sent him a Dropbox link. So he was like, what is this? I'm like, all right. Maybe okay. Rethink that one. Hey, yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Daytime gel flash is a no. All right. Thank you, Stacy. Notes taken. Yeah. Um, That so that's another thing I would very much recommend people do is finding valuable feedback. Um, you can get feedback from your comment sections and your Instagram stories and in whatever but like a important thing to keep in mind is everybody that's on social media that's hyping you up chooses to follow you mm-hmm. so they're not gonna f- i mean there there are people that do this but like nine times out of ten they're not gonna follow you just to like critique all your pictures so it's important to have somebody that's not just fire emojis all the time you right. know what i mean like it's important to have somebody that is more established than yourself. If you have a mentor figure or somebody that's been in this industry long enough um, that you trust them in that way, but it's important to find feedback where people do kind of get you out of that 
mentality of every photo that I take and post is, oh my gosh, the best thing ever. Right. Uh, because you know, it's not, again, it's totally fine that it's not. That's the thing. It's okay that not every photo is the greatest photo ever taken. Right. It's totally fine. <laughs> and that's, that's a very mature thing for you to say because you know photographers are very sensitive about their yeah. own work and they just want, yeah. like, I want my likes, I want my fire emojis. And then your one friend says, eh, I don't know. Right. And you're like, R- really? You're, yeah. Really? You're going to give me a thumbs down emoji? <laughs> like, right. Like, but, notice but you need that, that sometimes. Yeah, because that's always the reaction that you get, right? It's like, really? Really? But you know what never happens is never ask why. Yeah. That's like, why do you say that? Like, why do you think that? It's always just like, ah, they don't like it. It's bad. I'm bad. Crap. What am I going to do? And then you get all defeated. But it's really just like, turn it into a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, could you tweak this, this, and this? I'm happy to explain why. Um, and we do, we do absolutely have to understand, you don't want everybody to like your photo. Mm-hmm. You want like, nine out of 10 is great. Like if it, if everybody likes it, you gotta kind of question yourself and go, "What am I doing?" That everybody like, what are we? What's what's going on here? We're a communist country, and they have to like it. Like, like, like yeah. you know, you, you want at least one wingnut friend who's like, "Ah, oh, man, I don't know, Kyle. The the daylight strobing flash at one sixteenth of a second's not cutting it for yeah. me." You're like, that's it's okay. The chase right because now that's the person that you're like, "All right, I'm gonna get you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him." You. Yeah, I'm going to have your ass and you're going to like my strobe daylight gel, whatever it is. And that's okay. Like then, my experimental photos. Yeah. Then, then that's the guy you want. Then, cause yeah. if you're, if your other nine are like always giving you the thumbs up, you're like, I could do anything for them. It's my yeah. mom. She, of course she loves my stuff. It's on the fridge. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, it's real easy too. like, I, I experienced this cause I, you know, obviously wanted to be successful in this field. And so I was like, okay, Stacy, you know, he's established here. Like he's a staffer with Getty. He's clearly knows what it takes to get, you know, to make this a, a living and a career. And so I was like pretty much taking everything that he said. And I was like, ah, but am I not able to like develop my style? Like, am I able, where is, where's me coming through my photos? You know what I mean? Like where, where do I put, where's that my stamp like visually or whatever it might be. And so that, that's a tricky thing too, where it's like you get this feedback, but also apply it to what you like, like shoot how you like, and then take those certain technical standards and foundations that have been set by way more people before me and everybody else. But like, you know, the straight horizons, the certain, the certain little things that are like, you have to have a foundation to place your style upon rather than, Hey, my foundation is this steamroller and we're going to come, <laughs> you know, my style is a steamroller and we're just going to come bulldoze everything um, and move on through. Cause it's really, it's emerging. Like we're all just photographers basically on this little highway and everybody else that's new is merging and coming with us. Cause we're all just trying to evolve as photography evolves. Cause as we've been talking, I was talking about film darkroom things and how we moved to, right. digital, you know what I mean? Like, so we're all just trying to adapt with the technology, the social media, the platforms that people are consuming photos on. Like we're all just trying to adapt with it. So as long as you, as long as you, uh, you know, Hey, if I can still get my stuff on vine, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So there's a big, like in every 
boy and girl's dream. It's to get drafted. And in mm-hmm. July of 2018, you get drafted to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They yeah. they call out your name on the podium and say, we want you <laughs> right. to join our sure. team <laughs> with the last pick in the NFL draft. Like, it's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> What what was that? What was that courting period like? Let's go back to the the. the yeah. like you see that and you go, um, "Hey, young girlfriend," because she's not your fiance at the time. Like, right. This would be awesome. What do you think? Like, what's yeah, that courting so, like? Well, so I saw it pop up. Somebody sent it to me, and I just I just applied. Like I had, I was like, "I'm yep, I'm applying," kind of thing. And <laughs> just you're on Indeed so, and send. <laughs> yeah, my my wife will. Uh, maybe maybe give me a, a little stank eye because <laughs> I definitely did just apply like I didn't even ask like we, I think we'd been dating I don't know six months or so at the time or something I don't know what it what it had been um that move doesn't happen right now but six months into relationship sure what yeah I was like ah yeah I don't know maybe like I don't know we'll try it out but at, I was at the, I was still at the point in my mind right where I was mentally like okay I still have not achieved what I wanted for a career right I need to do this. And then if that works, if this works out great, but it doesn't, but like, that's where my mind was at the time. Um, and so, you know, I applied and we chatted about it and we're discussing like, all right, well, you know, we're going to give this a shot. And there we go. Three, actually, oh, if we would have waited, a, we would have gotten married a week later. It would have been four years of, of long distance. So, <laughs> I mean, so. Uh, when when off, let's let's I mean, what's that process they they call you up and are, are you stunned right because you can submit and i'm probably sure you have over your career you've just hit that resume button and send and you're like oh, i'd love to work for you yeah, send it off to them right? and there's either an email back and you've got to go oh fuck yeah <laughs> see my my first thought whenever i hit the submit button for any job i've ever applied to i hit submit and i go what did I spell wrong? Like, I just immediately am like, uh, did I change the date right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think you just looked over maybe 10 seconds ago and you're like, did I do that? I don't know. Did I spell um, Excel no, so I, right? <laughs> yeah. So I saw the, no, I saw the, you know, the job posting on teamwork online and went through all that. And I it was probably a month or so. Um, where I was just kind of waiting. I didn't hear anything. I was just kind of waiting. So I figured they'd hired somebody. Um, and then I'm on vacation with my mom and my sister and we are in Paris, my dear. And I get an email and it's like morning for us, but like, you know, middle of the afternoon, end of the workday, uh, back in Tampa. I was like, ah, Oh, ah, I have to respond to this, but like, how do I, <laughs> what do I do here? <laughs> like, Sitting in our hotel room, like, uh, do I do I send it now? Do they get it tomorrow? Do I send it tomorrow? Like, do I wait until they get it in the morning when they wake up? Like, how do I? <laughs> um, so I just said, you know, thanks for reaching out. What like, a panic! <laughs> yeah, I was like, I am gonna be very honest with you. I am, uh, I'm here, and I don't know if any interview you'll be able to see my face because of the weak internet connections. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, my 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 boss now, Jason, we coordinated a time and. I want to say it was like the end of the day in Tampa, or whatever, but like, or it might've been the morning because I was say, we're, yeah, we were about to go to dinner. That's right. Yeah. We're about to go it's gotta be seven, eight hours ahead for you. Right? Well, no, you're three hours ahead of me. So yeah. Five. Something like that either yeah. way. But 
later in the later in the afternoon, evening, whatever, and I'm sitting in the hotel lobby, this weak internet connection with like a cell phone, and I can see like I'm all pixelated on my FaceTime thing. <laughs> this is not going well. Like, I don't know if it's going to end up being one of those things where it cuts out and like. It sounds like I'm saying something really bad. You probably look like some FBI profile photo where they can barely identify who you are and you're just kind of yeah. got that robot voice. So, yeah. And th- so that's where I had my job interview. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I got home um, and, you know, I flew down to Tampa for the day, did a in-person interview, met the creative team, the VPs, um, you know, did the, the job, uh, the interview car wash, as they say, you know, um, right. and, uh, yeah, back up and it was a up and back trip same day and, um, ended up getting offered the job and now. Okay. What, so let's, let's look at what Tampa Bay's looking at. What do you think they saw? I think they saw somebody who was very motivated to like, kind of like, like plant the, oh, this is going to be bad because our flags are our brand, but <laughs> brand, what, what right. can I say? It was look for somebody, you know, who was going to like plant a flag. I wanted to have a spot where it's like, okay, here's where I want to build something. Cause at the time they were just working with on a contract basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, um, a few great folks in town, Mike Carlson, Matt May, um, Casey Lawson, Jason Parkhurst. And so they were looking uh, for an employee. Right. So they were looking That's and this different. was this, this is where the this is where the change of the times really showed itself because it was a yeah, we have the game stuff, but we need we don't have that behind the scenes type vibe. That's what they kept saying when I was interviewing was the you know, we need the behind the scenes stuff. We need somebody who's going to be here day to day that can sort of try to build that help out with, you know, of course the other the other day-to-day needs that you right. know the photographer has but um yeah it was a lot about really just in just expanding the coverage right just get another body in there that's more so just dedicated on like storytelling and not necessarily as much focus on the game action obviously that was you know that's what the whole organization that's all what all these teams are about right mm-hmm. you know, they all show up to play the games hopefully with that one goal at the end, but, it, you know, having a whole team with a wealth of knowledge, like I want to say Mike shot for us for 15 years, Matt for 16 or seven. So it was like, you know, we had 30 something years of experience with the bucks um, when I got there. And so I had a lot of organizational knowledge of how, you know, how ownership likes things and how, people like how, how things have been done in the past. Here's what might work better. Here's what, you know, some people might want to see change. Um, so it was a, they saw, yeah, I think they saw somebody that was like, you know, eager to learn, but also eager to like get started and, and build something that hopefully grows into something bigger. Right. Cause it's always, it's always interesting to take a look at what the employer was looking for. Right. Yeah, because you know what you're trying to you're trying to elevate elevator pitch yourself like, you know, jazz hands, and I'm I'm great, and you 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 right. you'll, you'll, you'll love me. But what do they want? You know, that's always interesting thing, especially in yep. your position, especially if you become management and you have to hire people. It's like, okay, how do you make my my department or my organization better? Yeah, and I, you know, I took a lot of the Zach was a very being the archival 
um, kind of half of the photo team in Minnesota, uh, he was a very big part where I was kind of learning about, you know, the digital asset management side of things where, you know, kind of got in server archive status at the Bucks wasn't the best. Um, it wasn't off. It existed, but right. you know, just with the demands of what or how often photos are used within a sports organization, like it just didn't necessarily meet that. And so there was just some revamping that needed to be done, but um, such a huge undertaking. Yeah. It's I'm still not even close to, I mean, we have everything, everything's up on photo shelter and getting things rolling with all that. But like, we're still, I've still got to get from like 19, anything not game action. I've got to get from like 1976 to 2018 uploaded. So, so it's like, oh. you know, but with that comes with right the updating of the metadata, the file name, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can't really upload anything until it's all done. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's it's a it's a it's an undertaking. But you know, there's you'll you'll never be bored. No, no, <laughs> you, you'll never have nothing to do. Sorry, <laughs> you'll never have nothing to do. Yeah. What was your first couple of weeks like with the Bucks? Training camp mostly. Right. Yeah, you started you started what July, right? So you started camp. July ninth, I want to say, or yeah, early July. <laughs> so it was like OTAs, training camp. Uh the first thing I shot, I remember we were still I you know, I was still putting together what gear I needed. Um and stuff. So it was definitely like a blank slate coming in. They had a couple cameras and stuff. But I remember shooting a like a community event. It was a like a youth flag football tournament in our indoor facility. Um, that was new when I got there. So it was kind of like the first event they had in there. Um, and yeah, I used one of the video departments, five D mark threes and a 70 to 200. <laughs> and I went to work, man. Get it done. So, I went to work, so yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was the first couple of weeks were a lot of like learning. Hey, what, how is this position going to fit in with each department? Cause like, like I was saying, you look around an organization, look around a city where there's a sports team, anything associated with that sports team, if it doesn't accompany, it doesn't have a photo accompanying it, that's pretty rare. So like right. corporate partnerships, advertising, uh, ticket sales, um, merchandise, the team store, our social channels, you know, events we've got putting up, we're putting on internal you know, stuff. People never see, the, right? Yeah. Cardboard cutouts in public, you know, like, the things that get used that you never, that you just never expect to see your photos on, but that's, you know, where they end up. So it was more of how do you guys use photography currently? And then I kind of crowdsourced all that and then took it as, okay, well, here's how I can help you do that more efficiently or help you do that more successfully. So I tried to take what everybody wanted or how they were using things and then leave a mark that way where it was, let me try and help every department singularly instead of being like, let me help the whole organization at one time. <laughs> so okay. it kind of, it kind of broke things up a little bit. Um, but it was, you know, updating the quote unquote social filter, social look mm-hmm. that we post, um, for, you know, on, on our channels and stuff. So we have that consistent That's look huge. across all of our, That's huge. Yeah. Uh, across all of our brands. And so, um, that was an interesting one because I kind of, it was a heavy filter when I got here. It was super quote unquote crunchy. You know, the clarity slider was 
refused. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so got here and was kind of like, let's, I, you know, my thing that Zach taught me was, or that I learned um, from him, he, he was always like, I think f- good photography should be the look. That's, that's what I think should be the look. And that was, that's what will stand out is the, the quality images, not necessarily like here's a mediocre picture, but yeah. it's got our filter. So like, that's our look. Right. You know? So he always said, I think big, your good photography should be the look. And that really resonated with me. So I tried to take that, um, and like kind of have slowly evolved that's a, that. That's a good tattoo right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't like the look is good photography. The look. Well, is we'll not, work it out. We'll work it out yeah, before we'll workshop it. It's a working title. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the real question. What did you do with all that orange, all that orange gear, all that um, merch? What did you do with it? I have a lovely family and sisters in law and uh parents in law now Here that's you go. still in Knoxville, you know what I mean? <laughs> Here you go. So who wants I orange socks? I kept a few things that were like, you know, gray and white with a little little dash of power to right. there. Uh, you you know, know, you've worked at some schools, if you think about this, that are just all over the color gamut. Between LSU going purple and yellow to Tennessee and now with the Bucks, like you don't yeah. have any normal. I don't want to say normal, but I'm going to say normal. Red, white, and blue. Some like no, nice we don't have green. any normal though. We got no, it's it's not gray. It's pewter. Yeah, it's red and pewter. Um, yeah. So there's, but again, that's part of like I've never worked outside of an organization or like an athletic department. So the branding portion of things, like those little, it's pewter, not gray. Like it's such and such color. You know, right. like I'm trying. The, the teams that like South Carolina, it's garnet. Yeah. It's not red. It's garnet. You know, like things like that. They're, they become very important. Um, you know, we joke about them, but they become like super important uh, as, as you work within these these teams. Um, like you could have, like if you'd have gone to the New York Giants, you'd have had like this simple blue, right? Yeah. Whatever they want to call that blue, it's just blue. But no, you've gone to like the special crayon boxes of colors. I, yep. <laughs> I never make it easy myself there yep purple uh that's the thing too i have picked the colors that are like from a from a photography standpoint the the reds and the purples and the orange they're never the right shade no so, they're aggressive on your sensor they're never the so right shade aggressive. <laughs> when i was like, researching yeah i'm doing my research i'm like this poor kid has never seen a decent primary color what the hell like it's he's like got the you have to have the 64 pack of crayola crayons just to get to whatever color you want i mean more crayons (laughs) man right we're good (laughs) more colors let's go what was your first tampa bay pro not regular season but that first game like for you were you a little butterflied i let's put it this way I was for you. When I knew you got the job, I thought, oh, boy, I hope I can send him some good emoji, just juju, like, because I, yeah. I know that's a big day. Yeah, it was It was, uh, It was. was down in Miami. I remember it was a preseason game. We were preseason down in Miami, and um, it was my first trip. You know, it was also my first road trip, so whether preseason or not, I was still figuring out how things worked on the road with the equipment staff and where we we're going to get our gear and, you know, all those little things that come with the traveling portion of it. And so there was, it was more like I was in just like extra tunnel vision mode. Like if, if you see me when I'm working, I'm, I, 
often don't appear to be the friendliest person. It's just because I'm always like looking around and I'm like literally thinking in frames, right? Like I'm looking around, I'm like, eh, and I kind of get these weird, weird looks. I'm like, mm, nope, not a picture. And I go somewhere else. So um, I was, that first game, I was just like, there was a lot of that going around. I was like, okay, looking around. It was a new team. So I was still, everybody was still getting used to me being in the locker room. You know, that's a whole another barrier that you got to cross getting guys getting the staff comfortable um, with the camera the team there. Was it Bruce at the time? This was Dirt Cutters last year. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's right. 18. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, you know, they let me do what I, what I needed to do. And so who and, had that conversation to say like, Hey, the new guys coming in the locker room. I don't think there necessarily was one. It was more of a, like, just kind of, let me, let me feel this out. You know, I kind of, you know, you strike up conversations at practice and you introduce yourself when you get there. And, you know, we had a couple, uh, portraits, you know, headshots or headshots are so simple, but when you have to redo the entire coaching staff's headshots, that's also a time for you to introduce yourself and like mm-hmm. have FaceTime with every single coach right. and say like, I, I am Kyle. Hi, I am insert name here. You know, that's them to say like, okay, that's the person with the camera. Cause all these coaches when they're out coaching and practice games, whatever it might be like the last thing they are thinking about is, Oh, where's Kyle at? Where's the camera person at? You know? So like when you happen to cross their gaze, they're just going to be like, Oh, that's Kyle. I know him. Instead right. of being like, ah, who is that person kind of, you know, that caught off guard. Cause it's a very disarming thing to have somebody point, especially the size of cameras that we use, like right. to have somebody that at you, especially in today's day and age. So right. You know, having that trust was was huge, and so that was that was an obstacle in that first game where I was like, uh, "What do I take pictures of?" It's a lot of pacing back and forth, right. so you don't like you're just standing there in the locker room, like um, Stare, but, yeah. staring, staring. <laughs> you know, okay, so right. you, you and I have that very same physique, right? We're six four, broad shoulders, chiseled yeah, jaw, totally. right? So yeah. we kind of fit right. in Definitely. in an NF, in an NFL locker room. We just we do right. And we do. I often get mistaken for. Right. A water boy. Sure. <laughs> I get the old water boy. So at least you get the younger one. So do, you, do you get the, Matt, you were a water boy in college, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Looking I, forward to it. No, not, not at all. So, but I think for us, we being, you know, the size we are, we could sliver in and out, especially with those okay. guys that are giants. Yeah. And just whoop, whoop, slip in between and take pictures between the hips and under yeah. armpits. I mean, and- kind of, it's like use what you, you know, use what you got to your advantage and like down to the last possible thing you can think of. Like height, it's totally true. Like, you know, it is kind of funny to think about, but like we do have really good access to those low angles with those hero shots where these mm-hmm. guys look larger than life. Like we have easier the the ability to get down and do those shots is easier but like flip side it's you know my hell marys need some work what (laughs) my hell marys need some work yeah i'm trying to get that high high yeah i was gonna say if if i'm not first to that post game scrum i (laughs) this is not really gonna help me too much (laughs) raising my head over the over the uh raising my camera over my head yeah so (laughs) Yeah. when your camera height is only about six, eight, like that doesn't cut it in an NFL huddle. Oh wait, no, you said we were six, four, but that's like with, well, yeah, that's right. with our arms with extended our, with the camera. Sorry. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Perfect. 
was the first year for you fulfilling or frustrating? It was really fulfilling. It was very, I don't, yeah, it was, it was frustrating on just cause like more so honestly, just the, on the field, like we, I, I was really like, okay, I'm here. Like, let's do the playoff thing. Let's like, I was that young, like, oh, let's go. Let's do all of the playoff, you know, get the playoff games. And it's going to be the greatest thing ever and be the best team. And it just wasn't that. Um, and so that was really only it just, I was that green, like I really just wanted to shoot, 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 shoot. Um, and so it came to an end and I was just like, wait, now what? Like, what <laughs> is there doing? a bowl game we're going to? <laughs> Yeah, so because I didn't have an off season with the Vikings, so I was like, "All right, so now what? <laughs> like, what do we? What's next, y'all? You know what I mean? Like, kind of waiting for that next. Like, you're trying to get to the blue bonnet, you know, weed eater bowl, and they're like, "No, son, season's done. Right. <laughs> That's it. Wow. <laughs> we, okay, we can just go. Okay, yeah, sounds good. I'll see y'all in a bit then. <laughs> so, but it it was great. It was, you know, like I had. Uh, it was learning how the NFL world works, how the, you know, again, going back to how the travel works, how coordinating all of that, how it works with all these different departments and, you know, kind of taking that collegiate mindset and not having to shoot recruiting, but having to shoot corporate partnerships. Cause like, that's essentially just professional recruiting. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, where you, you, people need to be appeased. Um, right. And so it's, it's, it's part of the gig, but I was just happy that I was uh, <laughs> doing that for corporations instead of 16 year old kids. Right. Um, yeah. On recruiting visits. So it was, uh, yeah, there was kind of those shifts that, that happened that were, I guess, beneficial. Did you quickly get used to one sport, one game from Tennessee? Wait. Well, Tennessee, you had what, 17, 18 different sports and games every day. Yeah, and I think that was partly like situational too, right? Because I was still like that that other position at Tennessee still hadn't been filled when I left, um, so I was still kind of, you know, skating by for lack of better words of just like surviving. And I was like, oh, there's just so much going on, and so I got to Tampa, and I'm like, you guys only have one team. This is sweet. Like what? <laughs> what? This is crazy. Like I only got to shoot, you know. You only have 53 people. There's not like a hundred people on this roster. Like what? Um, I can remember 53 people's names. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember we did our, we did football media day at Tennessee and it was great. The studio at Tennessee was so nice. The facilities that we had, we had a big, I don't remember the size of it. We had a big psych wall in the corner. And so it was just a white seamless at all times. And so, um, you know, we were shooting on that and it was, I don't know how many, how many people on a college roster kind of deal, you know, all the walk-ons, everybody uh, comes in to get at least a photo kind of thing because they were sending out graphics for recruiting to the high schools that these guys had played at and all this kind of stuff. And then I got to, um, I got to Tampa and I was my, the first media day that I was here, I shadowed. Um, and I was like, you guys only shoot like 15. What? <laughs> like, like, yeah, we do like the big hitters, but that's a lot it. of time with them. And we get a lot of different assets and a lot of different things that we need throughout the year. So it was kind of a different, it was almost like slower, but faster, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. it was a lot less volume, but a lot less quantity of people, but a lot more volume per person. Right. Um, so it was a lot more hyper-focused. Once you got that person there, it was like, all right, now we have this time. Let's maximize it. Not like, 
okay, great. Sounds good. Grab a helmet, turn to the right, click. See ya. Like, you know, it was, it was like, let's. It's so funny how every sports league is different. The way the NBA does it, the way hockey and the NFL, yeah. the, the way the major league baseball does it. So when you guys had your media day, what time was your media day? Did at you, Tennessee? No, or? no, at, at Tampa Bay right now. What time? If, when you had your media day this year, what time was it? Nine in the morning, 10 in the morning, two in the afternoon? No, we started, we probably started, we split it up over two days this year. Um, so it was a little lower, lighter load each day, but we probably started at eight something. Because we try to coordinate it, or our PR staff does a great job coordinating where we try to time it where we have guys in the building. So we're not inconveniencing them where it's like, Hey, it's your off day. You want to come get in full pads and sweat and take photos for a half hour. Right. Um, you know, it's cause it's also on our media day too. It's not just photos. We've got green screen reads. We've got networks that are there doing stuff. NFL ESPN. Right. Uh, they go through a gamut. Yeah. It's, it's a car wash in its own. And we've got our video team that's doing stuff. Um, you know, whatever it might be. So we're just one stop on their their media day journey. Right. Um, it's funny because I've done the NBAs. Sometimes they're at 9 in the morning. Sometimes they're at 2 in the afternoon, before practice, yeah. after practice. But for some reason, Major League Baseball thinks it's a good idea to do theirs at 7 a.m. Mm. Before. Oh, I mean, we were there. We were definitely at the facility ready to rock at like 7.30, something like that. But, yeah, but uh, when you've got baseball players who aren't the very handsomest gentlemen, <laughs> who are who are stuck in a town for six to eight weeks, and then you're going to drag them out of bed and yeah. have them ready to go at 7 a.m. Not normally the most pretty thing you have for advertising. So it's like... That sounds, that sounds fun. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> who, who doesn't want to get up and shoot yeah. photos at 7 a.m.? That's exactly... I wake up, When I get up at 6.30, I'm like, you know what would be great right now? Some strobes in my face. In my Just face. Pop, 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 pop. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. Can you gel a couple of those too? Cause I. Yeah. And honestly, the, I guess talking about the portrait stuff and how that, like how you can spin that kind of thing, like listening to Joey Terrell at Sports Shooter and how he just, the parameters under which he had to work with, with some of these, you know, Justin Bieber mm-hmm. and some of these celebrities and clients. And I'm sure you, you've done it as well. Oh, as God. Well, it's like you've got 90 seconds, make it count. You know, like you, but you have somebody who's just woken up and it's on the photographer to like, all right, kind of generate a little energy here. Let's get, let's get the, you know, get the vibes going, right. get the get good, the good energy flowing here. Get a little energy, a uh, little enthusiasm. Wake up. Here we some, go. Yeah. Try to draw some, uh, some stuff out of it. But, um, what yeah. has, what was your off season schedule? Right. So like the season ends for your first year. What do you try to accomplish in that first off season and catch your breath? Uh, golf. Okay. Um, <laughs> Work on my no, game. It, yeah. It was, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of recapping and doing my best to, you know, cause the whole season I felt like I was just going, going, going. And I did a really poor job of kind of like noting things that, might have needed to be worked on or things that I could do better, whatever it was. And so afterwards I just kind of tried to, once I knew everything had been, you know, archived and kind of washed my hands of all that stuff. Um, I was like, okay, let's kind of go through and see what, like, how did this work? How did that work? Where can we improve here? Where can we improve there? Like what's a change that we made that we thought would improve, but actually didn't improve that much. So we, you know, is it a change just for change's sake? 
um, kind of thing. So um, it was a lot of workflow stuff, a lot of trying to figure out how to, you know, make our live transfer system more efficient and um, make the archive more accessible and searchable for everybody and, and all that stuff. So it was a lot of back of house stuff, um, but back of house stuff that will, you know, down the road, translate to the front. So, right. It makes everybody's life easy. That's the goal. Right. You yeah, don't want anybody, you don't want the phone call going, Hey, I can't find anything. Right. Yeah. And if, you know, it's, it's also a thing where, you know, we know the photo archive, we're knowledgeable about what exists there, but at the same time, we're not at our desk all the time. So if we can have, you know, a photo shelter, uh, whatever company, you know, you can have that hub where somebody knows they can just go and type in a name and hopefully, you know, something they'll find up or something they'll find will be there. And that's what they need. Um, but we're not always at our desk. So like we get the emails, Hey, can you help me find this picture? And then shooting practice or whatever it is, two hours later, I come back and it's too late or whatever it might be. So yeah. having something that where it's like, yep, yeah, you don't necessarily need me. Um, you do, but <laughs> to, to help maintain the archive and the photos, you know, the photo staff to maintain the archive and stuff. But like, we don't, you don't necessarily need me physically to send it to you. Right. Um, and it just makes things go so much quicker for so everybody. Quicker. So, yeah. So that's, that's the ongoing process and it'll, it'll never stop. <laughs> so tell me this, give me a breakdown. What is your, during the season, right? Where you're heading in a regular season right now. What's your yeah. day-to-day like, Monday through Friday? Uh, let's see. So Mondays are usually, I guess, I guess we could treat it like week two. So, like, we just had a game. Mondays, we're wrapping everything up. So we're, we've are we got a couple galleries that are sponsored that we need to push out. Um, and finishing up all the archiving from the prior game. Uh, Tuesday is typically the player's day off. So that's usually a popular day for community events uh, when those happen. Um, whatever they may be, um, you know, popular visits to the Air Force Base down here and, you know, things like that. Um, and Wednesday, Thursday is Wednesday is kind of my deadline of when I turn the page to the next week because I try to stay on the same schedule, for lack of better words, as the football team. So Wednesday is when they really get back to a padded practice um, and start you know, doing their thing for the next weekend. So we shoot practice Wednesday, Thursdays, um, Fridays. We've got a road game is really pack everything up, make sure we got everything ready for there, put it in our big red case that goes with the equipment staff and um, that gets on the plane or the truck, whichever, whichever way they choose. Um, <laughs> ends up at the stadium, doesn't matter to me. Um, and then, yeah, Saturday, you know, road game, we're traveling, get there midday, but Saturday home games are usually nice relaxing to spend time with the wife and that's good all that yep yep so so uh, tell me this what do you decide goes with you on a road trip and what do you shoot with on a home trip it's pretty similar honestly okay. the biggest honestly the, the the biggest uh inclusion exclusion from the travel uh, gear list is always the rain gear it's like oh we're playing in new orleans yes that's left <laughs> <laughs> like, less less rain gear we got hey! indy last week was like sweet don't have to bring the rain gear don't have you know um but and you know we bring we've got our we've got five bodies we've got two 1dx mark threes two 1dx mark twos and a 5d mark four um so we'll bring those you know the 5d mark four is the hail mary around the neck 
wide angle kind of thing. Um, yeah, a couple long glasses, four and a six, and a bunch of primes and all that good stuff for the pregame. And what's know, evolved for you in the last four years, lens wise? Have you decided like, ooh, I'm going with this. I like that. Do you tinker? What's your um some not a ton. I try to like there. You know, there's obviously we talk about the routines and you get into the space where you're like, Ooh, I love the 85 or Ooh, I love the 24 or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. But I try to switch it up. And if I recognize that it's like, yep. Okay. You've shot the last three pregames with the 85 and the 24. Let's, let's try to get some different visuals kind of thing. Um, but then it's also kind of thinking back into my mind where, Hey, we have a lot of huddle photos that are just super wide of the dude screaming in the middle. Like, can we shoot it maybe tight on him as he's, or can we shoot maybe something with a different depth of field or can we shoot from a, put a camera on a monopod and go over the top with it? You know, right. Things like that where I've kind of got the, where I'm, I'm uploading and archiving all these things and I see what I, you know, what we're archiving and saving. I'm like, we have like a hundred photos of this. <laughs> Let's figure out how we can do it. Okay. Good it Lord, Kyle. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, but you know, Tori and I, our other team photographer, we have a good, uh, a good thing where we're, you know, we're splitting up everything and, you know, making sure we've got all our bases covered and all that good stuff. So how do you like working with another photographer in that regard? Do you guys sit there and decide what you want to kind of cover and do? Yeah, it's kind of, we kind of get stuff assigned to us as the season, the season goes along. And then as, you know, as game day goes, it's kind of like, we're, you know, the roles that I, I was in, you know, while I was, when I first got hired, you know, those haven't necessarily changed. Um, but we, you know, kind of switch it up, keep things fresh. Like, you know, I'll shoot one sideline. We'll swap at halftime. We'll swap long glass. We'll, you know, just things that we can keep ourselves fresh. And, and, uh, so we can always also keep growing too as, as shooters, you know, like I'll try to training camp and practice and stuff. I'll try to go out there with the lenses that I know I struggle with. Like I'll force myself to shoot tight with the 600 because I know like, all right, yeah, it's real easy to maybe go to the 72 and then just crop in afterwards. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But, you know, trying to, trying to nail down those things and the lens swaps and stuff mid play. So there's a lot of stuff that we're, we're tinkering with as a team and, um, what time, what time does your home game game day for you start? What time do you get up and go? Um, let's see. I'll go week, week one of home game. So first home game, I think is at. let me check. I promise I know our schedule. <laughs> Let's say uh, one o'clock, one o five. Okay. One o'clock. I'll probably get to the stadium at seven. Just so like people that. heard him properly. 7 a.m. Yeah. I'll get there at seven. Cause we've got, so, and I guess I'll run you through like the list of things that we do on game day. So we'll get there. I'll get all of our gear set up. Um, and then we've also got, you know, we'll go in and shoot a few shots of the jerseys and the lockers, just a quick social hit where it's like, okay, here's the jerseys we're wearing today. You know, yada, yada, yada. Um, if it's a theme game, like a crucial catch, a salute to service, uh, things like that, we'll go around and we'll shoot all of the, we'll shoot wides and overall scenics of the stadium, you know, with its various buntings and field goal pads and whatever they have up around the stadium. Right. So that's all really big. Um, and those are also super helpful too for our events team. If they have and something, maybe they, maybe there's an event 
at halftime or whatever it might be, they can use those shots to mock up how they're going to run events and, and things like that. So um, there's a lot of pregame stuff that we're doing in terms of that. Um, and then, yeah, player arrivals um, gets there. Thing get, everybody gets running, running around, and then it pretty much goes into, you know, pregame warm-ups, the, the pregame huddle, the locker room stuff, and jumping into the game. And yeah. Normal game. Three hours and eighteen minutes. Game finishes. You guys win. What time do you guys? What time do you get home? Mm. So we usually we'll probably usually hang out. We'll pack the gear up. Um, you know, again, hang around if there's any moments that happen after the game. I remember last year after a game, David Beckham was in the tunnel and met up with with Tom on the sides, and so we got a couple snaps of that. Um, so there's certain moments that might happen like that, but I, I'll give it a. So what? Three hours you said. Game ends at four. I don't know, seven probably. That's not bad. A twelve hour day. Yeah, not bad. Well, that's when I get home, and then you gotta edit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was my question. Yeah. When are you editing? Is any editing going on on the during the game? Yeah, so we have a we've got a live transfer system where we're pushing uh, we're pushing photos to we have a photo editor on game days, okay, um, and he's we're just pushing medium sized JPEGs, you know, bandwidth allowing, um, large, but we're pushing those through, and that's for the quick social hits, like after a big play, a touchdown, did it all that stuff um, for social. But he's also live building the web gallery so that basically once the clock hits zero, fans can go on our website. Cool. Like, boom, here's the photos from that game that just ended. Um, but it's the tricky thing, right? Because if we had, like, a, or still tinkering with the system of getting everything uploaded by the time the game's over, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. there's just the second edits and all that kind of stuff. Right. So we've still got a good bit of editing to do afterwards ourselves, which is a little redundant. Um, but- what are you using to transmit out the images? Thank we you. have the we have well two now of those uh, DMN packs from Richard Maxson. Yep. Uh, yeah, we use a couple of those. Prior to that, we just use hotspots. Okay. Uh, that's just Verizon hotspots, which have worked pretty well. But there's some, as you know, there's quirks. Just fill up a stadium. There's a lot less room for those things to ping, and then a lot of stadiums too. They kind of kill any of that stuff on the sidelines and on the field um, for communication. I believe for the teams, but. Or, or just the, the hotspots that we've been using. As soon as I step on the field, they're just like, no. So no, those those packs, I got one right now. I'm going to use it in a couple hours that Maxon has made for me. Those things are great. Love yeah, it. it's it was it's been great because it'll ping either whatever strongest you know, depending on the pack you get, whatever it is. It'll, I think we've got AT and T and Verizon or mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the providers, but either way, yeah, ping the strongest signal and rock from there but how have you done with relationships because you know in our business it's all about relationships building them that gets you access you're dealing with 60 year old men who are owners you're dealing with coaches in their 50s you're dealing with players who are 22 you know like you've got this gamut like how are you building relationships i think it's just like presenting yourself that you're helpful that you're not you know i guess if you can starting with the player side, you know, these guys, especially today's day and age, if you get a higher draft pick or something coming in, like they've had cameras in their face, their whole life, their whole recruiting process, their whole college career, 
you know, they're kind of used to it. If you have, so it's like kind of the similar thing with a 20 year vet, right? Like they've had cameras in their face, their whole NFL career, not to the same magnitude or the same uses. Um, but you know, you're presenting yourself as helpful to them in the fact that like, Hey, I'm documenting your story here. Like, I'm not trying to like take pictures and be your buddy. And like, you know, you guys deal with fans enough kind of thing. So if you're presenting yourself as like going, doing the extra thing, you see a training camp players bring their families out kind of thing. Hey, do you guys want a family photo? Like that goes a really long way in showing that you're not just here to photograph them playing football. Right. Uh, That's a very, yeah. You'll get a thank you, Kyle pat on the back for that. Yeah. So you're here to document the whole organization, which a lot of times is way, way more than just the football team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's the families, it's the coaches, it's the business staff, it's everybody else. Yeah, you so, can have an equipment guy who's been there for 30 years. That's an interesting exactly. story. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, and that's why, that's why I got into this is I loved using my camera to tell the stories. Like I did just, it was just a, you know, shout out to the, the big man upstairs allowing me to do it in sports, but it's like, you know, I really did it for the love of the photography. It was never so I could go meet people or meet Mike Evans or, you know what I mean? Right. Like it was, yeah. so put a team in front of me. I would just love to photograph it and tell the story. And it just happened that I found a great, <laughs> great spot to land. <laughs> that's all, that's all um, you want. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very fortunate in that regard. Um, but it's the relationships are totally crucial. Like you meant, like we're talking my first preseason game. Like I knew a few of the, equipment people and a few other folks. And so I saw them in the locker room and it was a comfort like, Oh, Hey, what's up? How's it going? Like, hi, Kevin. Remember me? Conversation. <laughs> so everybody in the locker room will see like, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like a high school. They're like, yeah, he knows somebody here. All right. Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> he's good. Yeah. Um, no, that's all yeah, it, it takes. Yeah. And it's crucial too. Cause the, you know, walking that line or you're not like kind of clingy, or you don't want to be like, oh, here's a picture for you. Hey, do you need these pictures kind of thing? Like, you know, if you take it, somebody wants a photo, they'll for sure ask you for it. Um, but using your camera to, again, bridge that gap and get them to be comfortable with you and you're like, no, oh, I'm just here documenting your story, you're, you know, so you can show this to your kids and your grandkids and look, there's dad playing football, you know, whatever it might be. Right. Um, I always found those that – side of this to be more impactful than like did you see how many people liked my post like i'd never that was never really my my uh my intention so go through your internal process in your head let's dive into kyle's his brain when you're in a game when you're shooting yeah what are you thinking of what's your process uh what are you looking for like game action pretty pictures you know, moments, interactions are, when do you decide 670 to two, I'm going to go wide. Yeah. It kind of depends. It it depends on how many people you have shooting with you, right? Like how, how many risks can you take? So like we've got, so on the road, you know, you've got to, again, everybody's there to play the game, right? Watch the game, shoot the game. It's all about the game. So once the game starts, it's like, get your touchdowns, get your pit, you know, your turnovers, Mm -hmm. get your big plays, um, your quarterback shots, you know, all that kind of stuff. Post game, get your quarterback handshake, your coach's handshake. So you have that little checklist in your head. Um, 
but while I'm shooting, it's most like on the road, I guess I'll try to get some pretty pictures, some more scene setting so that when fans are going through that gallery and they see, you know, such and such warming up with a Colts logo behind them, they're like, oh yeah, that's right. We're playing, we're an indie right, right. right now. It's, it's a scene setter, whether they're aware of it already or not, it's just kind of telling that story a little bit more. Um, and then at home, it's trying to, trying to show off, you know, somewhere that we shoot all the time that our fans are very familiar with in a, in a new and fresh way and not successful at that every week. That's for, that's for sure. Well, um, yeah, I mean, get there, down a little bit, but. that's the challenge, right? Is constantly yep. trying to push and in your yeah. head, it's hard because you're trying to like, okay, what's interesting. What's interesting. What's interesting. And then what's interesting to the end user, the, the fan, right? You know, that's, you know, what you find interesting and what the, um, have you gotten some of those, images they post and you went i can't believe everybody liked that one as much as they did 100 percent, yeah it was it was definitely like oh really okay all right it's but, just a pirate ship people yeah right right there's um it's not real do you guys understand right and then it goes, but you know you can kind of tie that back into the relationship thing where like as if you get more patient with building those relationships and you're not just in a total rush then you'll get to a spot where you know, somebody will let you in and shoot a moment and then you will be like, can we use that? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there was a, after a game last year when Tom threw his 600th touchdown pass and he was, this was a moment for him that I was like, dude, you, here you go. Like I just happened to be shooting pressers and I was leaving and he was playing catch with his daughter in the locker room with the 600th touchdown ball. And I just made a couple frames and, there was one shot where he was holding the bag where that they put it in and it said 600 on it. And he, she was like trying to throw it in like a, like, you know, like it was the, like uh, some carny game. Little, it was like the tire he was throwing through or something like, yeah, it was, but it was just a little moment where I'm like here, you know, you need this, here you go. Like have this for, this is you and your daughter. This is kind of a special moment kind of thing. And then this ball's going know, up to the hall of fame and they're just playing catch. <laughs> yeah. They're just playing catch with it. It's just kind of one of those, it was similar to like the breeze Brady kind of mm-hmm. like, this is something they would love. You know, they'd love to have it, not necessarily something that would, we would put out on the, on the bucks team channels and stuff, but it was, a, you know, another opportunity to build a relationship and show like, Hey, I'm working too. Like I'm a colleague, not necessarily, not a fan like right. with a camera. So where's that barometer? Do you have you guys set where, what goes on a channel and what stays between you and that player? Um, I think that's more, I think you can kind of gauge that based on, you know, you give it a little bit of time as depending on the person and your relationship with them personally. Cause then, you know, I, my thing is I'll never put, you know, we're, ever, we're putting, shooting, photographing, excuse me, shooting the football team. But like, we're not, if their family and kids happen to be there, like that's not part of the Buccaneers necessarily. So mm-hmm. like, we're not trying to put someone's, you know, newborn all over the internet or whatever. I don't know. You know, everybody's got their different things with kids and family and stuff like that. So I'll always go to up to them and ask them like, Hey, are you cool? This was a great moment. Are you cool? If we share this, if not, let me know how I can get it to you. So at least you guys can have it. Um, But my, my, my thing with that is I always try to, you know, defer to the, the family side first. Right. And then if they're like, hey, yeah, that that's actually kind of fun. Would, that would be 
you know, we'd love to do that. That's great. Cause we've done some video features and stuff with, with guys and their families and their, their, their kids at the aquarium or whatever it might be. So certain avenues where it's very appropriate, but then there's certain moments where it's like, uh, actually I don't want to break any sort of trust. So let me just get this to you personally. And, you know, right. cause you know, the fans yeah. want more. They just, the access yeah. that you they're seeing today, yeah. they just want more. Like you just give yeah. it to me. I'll be here forever. Yeah. And it never ends with, you know, you just want what you can't have. And, you know, we're fortunate to be eyes in the, the locker room and some of these more quote unquote sacred spaces of, of sports. And so it's a, it's a heavy responsibility to not mess that up right. for our, our colleagues and also people around the league and, you know, whoever else is shooting. Cause you know, coaches talk, they all know each other. Oh it's yeah. Like, well, I did this, you know, I don't ever want to be brought up and, you know, yeah, that SOB, he's always yeah, snapping at the wrong time. Which <laughs> it was kind of funny. There was one practice where I was doing my best Andy impression and I brought a strobe out and I was taking photos and I was like, Tori, can you, like stand out there and hold this and we were just shooting just like just drills you know during indie indie periods and one of our uh, our vp of football admin afterwards uh, after the next day he was like hey just no more we just can't have the the flash at, at practice anymore you know it was like we were watching film and it was just pop, pop, like it was like all over the tape and so i was like oh no <laughs> but it, it was funny too because he finished he was like the photos were sweet. We really like those, but we just, it's really annoying on the film. <laughs> so like, you know, that was one thing where I was, I'm, all right, I'm not trying to get brought up like that ever again. So ah, that's great. I can yeah. see them in the room going like, what are they like, lightning what? strikes? What the hell's yeah, going on? Like what is happening? <laughs> it's like full bright daylight. And so I've got a strobe turned up to, you know, 10, 10. Yeah. Blowing out the bulb every time it fires. And so I'm like, um, that was me, sorry. Yeah. Like, are there lightning strikes? What the hell's going on here? Yeah. So it's that new photographer. God damn it. That's it. Yeah, He's done. Uh, that guy with the camera. <laughs> Tell me this, because I, I when it was going down, like I don't normally have dogs in fights, but when you're you guys are in the Super Bowl, I'm yeah. pulling for you because I know you. I always want anybody I know if they get a chance to get a ring, get any kind of, you know, moment you get to capture it. What was going through your head? What's the plan? Cause I've been on both sides. I've gone home with a lot of bridesmaids, not always the bride, right? You, there's a lot. You don't always go home with the winner. Sure. What was your plan for the win at the Super Bowl and the loss? If you guys lose, did you guys have a A and B plan? Photo wise, yes. yes. We've been asking around like Terrell Lloyd and Meg Williams at in San Fran. And you know, we talked with a bunch of people. We talked with uh Ben Liebenberg with the league, basically like how because we'd never been on this stage before. So we were basically mm-hmm. first thing was like, how does it work? What is gonna happen? Game clock at zero, what comes next, regardless of what team's on the podium, like what do we need to do? Um, and we were still working in the operational zone time. So we Mm -hmm. had like two thirds of our team, not able to help us on the field if we won when we won. So it was like just Tori and I running around and trying just at that point, it was just get as many different people celebrating as you can. Like 
get the big hitters, get Bruce, get Tom, get that interaction. Tori nailed the photos of Tom post game with him hugging Bruce and uh, really a lot of really cool moments. Um, and it was basically just like, you know, Tori, you're going to be the auxiliary person. You're going to be running around getting the stuff, quote unquote, boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then I was just waiting essentially for the trophy presentation so I could frame all of our ownership, um, that whole family, the Glazer family, and make sure we get those. Cause those, again, those are, you know, the, those are the photos we really, really need. Right. Um, the photos that are wanted of, you know, everybody kissing the trophy and all that stuff. It, they're great. We, you know, obviously love those, but again, working for the client, quote unquote client. The ownership. Uh, yep. Exactly. That first trophy lift with, Jim Nance or whoever was calling it and the commissioner and then the Super Bowl logo. Um, that's was like, I will not miss this photo. Um, and so I was just most so trying to position myself for that. If we lost, um, if we lost, there wasn't really a strategy other than like slow down and look for photos that could be used in the future. Right. Right. Like, turning around, you know, one of our big name players that will resonate with fan. Like, cause that's my thing. I don't like shooting the backs of people. There's like three athletes, like the Jordan, LeBron and Brady. And I guess you can throw Jeter in there just cause it's a pinstripe too. But like, there's very few athletes where just their back makes it a good photo or emphasizes or like mm-hmm. helps it be a good photo kind of thing. Otherwise it's just a person's back. Like, you know, faces eyes that's what's going to bring all the emotion out um so it was more find a way to make pretty pictures with also realizing they may have just lost the super bowl so don't be in their face and and things like that so be gentle per se yeah but again there might have been some photos that we could use for a hype trait you know what i mean you know, right. like, come up and some guys are like that too you know where they want a photo of their last loss and right like, because and for some of those guys Right, it might be their last game. Yeah, it goes up with some of them. Yeah, it's their last game. Some are going to use it like, all right, sounds good next year. And that's a, they put it up in their locker or whatever. Not that we've had anybody do this, but you right. know, you hear use this motivation and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I bet if we took a look at your roster, it might have been some of those guys' last games as an NFL player might have been their yeah. last game as a buck. Um, and so, it me- win or lose, it means something. Yeah. You know, they want at least some historical record. They might not put it over the mantle at the house, but they might put it in the office. Like that was my last game. We lost, but it meant something. And it's the same thing with preseason. Yeah. Right. With all these cuts that happen, it just happened in Indianapolis. We're waiting in the locker room and our kick returners are coming out. And there's a couple guys that are like, I don't know what season we got next, man. It's the off season or it's the regular season, but you know, we're going to take it as it comes kind of thing. And it was just like a, Oh man, that's, Right. You know, I might be on the practice squad and, you know, Oakland, yeah, like, who knows? Yeah. So it's different. That's why the team, I, that's why I really cherish the responsibility that we have because the, the team job is it's so much more than just shooting touchdowns and stuff like that. It's hearing those type of moments and being able to be like, all right, well, I'll take that and I'll make sure I'll get a couple of photos because in case he gets cut, you know, maybe that's the last time he suits up. So. Yeah, it's it's a big responsibility, and I think the, uh, people don't understand, especially early in your career, like the massive responsibility photographically you take on. Right. I mean, you're 
it's a, yeah, a team photographer position, but you're really the historian for the organization, not the 53 yeah. guys who play, but yeah. everybody exactly who gets a paycheck that right. has a logo on it that says the team, that's it. And yep. you've got to cover everybody and it's all the yeah. importance. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the future hold? I don't know. I'm just enjoying having my wife in the same the same city as me. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's so simple. That's doing, so nice. not doing the long distance. Yeah, I'm just getting ready for the season. You know, I'm, it's it's fun. It, this season's going to be different because like I get to do it with her down here with me, and so you know the long nights I get to come home and not just have an empty apartment and get to see her here, and we get to experience this kind of crazy ride that is a football season together. Yes. So. She gets to see that beautiful body edit <laughs> late at night. Yeah, late at <laughs> night when I'm six... hunched when I'm hunched over and I'm just emphasizing all my back problems on right. the couch. She's like, my God, for a six four man, you're so hunched <laughs> over. Six four we need to we need to start coining that. That's our photo height. Yeah. However tall you are with your hand straight up with a camera. I'm that's seven your, feet tall. That's your that's your photo height, yeah. <laughs> I am glad for a guy who got drafted by the Bucks in the, <laughs> in the last round. You found yourself a beautiful bride. You're smiling. You're happy. I'm like a a fifth a fifth cousin, uncle, happy and proud for you. I'm so glad that you're doing well, and I'm proud that you're doing great. Um, you know, to watch your career go in such a short period of time. It's it. I'm I'm giddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's been uh, it's been fun. I remember going to Sports Shooter and like, I think it was you and Rod Marr that I was kind of like latched onto, and I was really learning and kind of trying to pick your brain and and figure all that stuff out about. So it's it's been great to well, thank God touch Rod and, and I didn't screw anything up. And, you what? No, man. You taught me about remote cameras. Are you kidding me? Safety cable, safety cable, safety cable. <laughs> yes, and I saw that when you were doing an overall and you had the cable. I was like, oh. Yes, if yes. that's all he See, learned. It, it worked, Matt. It worked. <laughs> yes. No doubt. But in all seriousness, man, I appreciate, you know, all the help that, that you guys have given, not just me, but all the other photographers and, and people out there and all the stuff that you're doing for this is, is really cool. So appreciate you letting me crash your party. No, man. I'm. Thank you for, you know, giving me a couple hours of your time. I know it's precious, especially your season is about ready to start and your bride's probably wondering what's for dinner. And the house is probably hot and sweaty and humid. No, but, man, I'm wearing a hoodie, remember? Right, well, I know. But that's an extra large hoodie for a man that big and broad-shouldered. That's right. So you don't make custom photo height hoodies, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we need to start a, a, a clothing line for photographers called 6'4". 6'4". <laughs> You're the man. I, I appreciate it. You have a great day. Thanks, man. You too. All right. We'll talk soon. Yep. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Kyle. If you enjoyed the episode, please click the like button and become a subscriber to the podcast. Remember, you can follow the Just a Good Conversation podcast on Instagram, and you can find all of our past shows on the website at justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>